Can you be quiet, please? Thank you. Welcome to Pirate Radio Live. Ty? Hi. Ty? Clip. Hey, man, good to see you, brother. He's a cool cat, man. I got a little taco meat on my chest. But I grabbed a handful of lunch meat and shoved it <laughs> down my teammate's throat. I'm a former long snapper. Booty, 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 booty everywhere. At the Burlington... Uh, <laughs> I have no idea what the f*** just happened. Did not flub at all. It. Send it in. Now live from the Pirate Radio Studios in the heart of the Pirate Nation, here is your host... Clip Brock. Welcome in to a Tuesday edition of Pirate Radio Live. Clip Brock here with you inside the Pirate Radio studios. Coming to you today on Pirate Radio 92.7 FM in Greenville, 104.1 in Washington. You can find us on 1250, 930 online, PR927FM.com. And watch the show and be a part of the show on Facebook Live and YouTube. You can chime in with your questions or comments. Got a lot of guests today to get to. Coming up in the 4 o'clock hour, we will talk to Mike. Mullis, if you have baseball questions, ECU or otherwise, you can get those in from Mully and we'll pass those along. Got Matt Hamlet from the Dirtbags organization coming up at 430. The Dirtbags will be playing in Clark LeClaire Stadium coming up Monday at noon and at three o'clock against the Evo Shield Canes and some Mets uh scout teamers so it's going to be a great day of baseball coming up monday free admission and we'll talk all about that with matt hamlet some future pirates will be on display coming up monday at clark leclerc we'll talk to matt hamlet at 4 30 and former ecu tight end bryce williams will join us at five o'clock had a great time with bryce friday night during our watch party as we watched ecu beat oklahoma of course their season came to an end on sunday at the hands of virginia so we'll talk about that and more look back at some highlights from that watch party coming up when Bryce joins us at 5. But right now, we're joined by some Pirate royalty inside the Pirate Radio Studios. ECU Hall of Famer Marcus Crandall joining us before he gets out of town for a little while. But Marcus, good to see you, man. Man, good to see you. I'm excited uh, to have this one here. And uh, man, a great one lined up for us today. Uh, People going to recognize the name, of course, Pirate Nation. Um, But yes, I am getting ready to hit it north of the border north of the border uh this will be our second awesome interview we've done today uh but the first one people can hear we talked to carlester crumpler this morning for an hour yeah. and could have gone seven hours probably but man awesome chat we're gonna air that on friday because i want to go ahead and get that out there that was a, awesome. a great chat and we got another one coming your way with jeff connors who joins us in the pirate radio studios and uh coach c you said before you came on this is your first time here in about four years or so it's been a while since we've seen you yeah i think it's been uh somewhere around four years yeah so uh very happy to be back in the house and we uh sorry troy can't be here with us today to uh, that's quite all right <laughs> <laughs> but it is great we'll to survive see. We, we'll get through it we'll get through it uh great to see you coach and uh, and marcus of course and marcus it's funny we've done all these awesome interviews with your old teammates and, and former guys and we always bring up jeff connors at some point in the conversation it sounds like and there's always like a like a kind of a chuckle and a sigh on the other end like they just went through flashbacks of their memories of working with coach connors but all positive outcomes in the end oh absolutely man uh when we talk about pirate nation and pirate football that is um because a lot of people are gung-ho about pirate football uh coach connors is the guy he, he's the centerpiece of uh what we went through in in regards to our success here and uh many of the guys as you as you mentioned uh credit a lot of that to coach connors 
Coach, uh, you have touched a lot of lives um, physically back in the day and, and spiritually, emotionally. But, but man, what's that like impacting so many people over the years? Well, I really appreciate that. And um, hey, I'm still gung-ho for, for Pirate football. Uh, and uh, I guess I could say that uh, the only way I could describe what it's like uh, – is kind of like what I've been doing for the last, uh, I guess you could say, last the last year, and that's trying to reconnect with a lot of these guys, and um, and I've got a, kind of a mission I'm on uh, that started with something I started on a website called uh, ArmorLife.org, and that moved to a, uh, a podcast that Sports Objective. Uh, uh, requested yeah and basically i've been I, I think i've done about 25 of those and then uh through speaking with the uh, pittsburgh steelers in one of my podcasts uh, uh general manager um kevin colbert who's there for 22 years who i've known uh gave me an idea to start something called Ro- locker room for life and so uh, uh I don't think there's anything better as far as I'm concerned than re- reconnecting with these guys. Um, I was always a coach that liked to be, you know, down on the floor in the weight room with the players out on the field. Uh, you know, we used to have a weight room at ECU that was 5,000 square feet and probably the same number of athletes they have still at this point. Maybe even we had more than I'm not sure, but uh, I even had a rotation where I had three football groups come through. And of course, we had to train all the other teams as well. But uh, one group would be doing primary lifts. The other group would be doing supplementary movements. And then I would be out on the field all day running those guys because I wanted to be the make sure that I saw everybody move. you know, And I wanted to, to coach speed. And so sometimes that left me out on the field for about six hours in inclement weather. Uh, but... Uh, uh, you know, that was uh, something I felt very strongly about in relationship to development. I, you know, I wanted to make sure that we, we were a team that could run, uh, a team that could change direction, that type of thing. Um, so, you know, all that being said, uh, nothing more important to me outside of my family than uh, being with the guys that I was had the uh, privilege and honor to coach and to continue to influence them if I can and I'm, I'm very very interested in trying to be an impact still on young athletes coming through and having the uh, the older guys that I coach be somewhat of an influence uh, on some of the things that we see and the things that I've seen over the years in my experience coaching and the, the reason that I started armorlife.org is because of uh, I guess you could say the first thing would be I saw two guys, I didn't see them get gunned down, but I've had, I had two guys get gunned down that I coached. Uh, Carl Smalls at UNC Chapel Hill went home for a weekend and got shot three times in the chest in a bar. Uh, Dominique Lennon, who I'd bring into my office weekly, and I really tried to uh, reach him in a lot of ways um, because he was he was like my MVP in testing and evaluation, uh, you know, and he ended up getting gunned down uh, in Raleigh. I don't know the exact facts of that, but starting there and then looking at the probably the over 100 guys that went by the wayside for something to do with repeated, uh, let's say, drug abuse. 
um, you know, we uh, test and test for marijuana. Um, this is still going on. This has been going on like this controversy has been going on like forever now. And I just saw too many guys go by the wayside. And then you look at 25 guys coming in as freshmen, and by the time they get to be seniors, there's maybe five or six guys left. And I just started to think about those things, and I started to think about how people are talking about mental health now as a big issue with athletes, and just trying to brainstorm, uh, contact a lot of guys that I coached, and try to figure out, you know, is there something we can do to influence these athletes where possibly we could we could save some people and of course a lot of it has to do with uh, what we're doing what marcus and i have talked about many times as far as you know spiritual uh, commitments and and making sure that we're promoting a spiritual life with athletes jeff connors marcus crandall here the theme continues marcus with the guys we've had on about making an impact a positive impact on people's lives everybody we've talked to whether it be coaching or something in their personal life everybody's giving back coach connor's the ultimate you know talking about that right now but uh that has been a theme throughout our conversations with these former pirates here it is and uh coach connor's mentioned something in regards to the the spiritual part of it i think that kind of stemmed from um the leeway and actually the leadership of Coach Logan in regards to, you know, he was very spiritual as well. Um, he, he he said that uh, if, if you don't have a spiritual being in you, you know, you might as well be dead pretty much. And uh, um, paraphrasing there, but uh, but uh, I think um, that's one of the main things in regards to where we are today, Coach Connors, as he mentioned about uh, the mental health, mental health of, of athletes and uh, just people in general, really. Um, giving back and, and uh, letting people know that um, you know we're here. You have you have people that have been through um, lots of pressure, uh, performed on the high stage, and um, was able to go through and overcome. And uh, it can be done. And I think uh, the more people that we reach and talk to, or um, people listen to the things that Coach Connor says, and other people out there that are presenting the same message. I think the better off we're going to be. But it's, it's great to give back in that way, uh, let people know that we're thinking about them. Um, they're here. We're here. Um, we're all here for a reason, pretty much. Well, you know, I've got about, uh, I think, <clears throat> about 15 former athletes on the uh, what we call the Armored Life team that we put together. Um, probably the most impressive thing for me uh, has been uh, – Three people, you know, three, three men. They're not young men anymore. Uh, three men that I had the, the privilege of coaching, of course, and uh, uh, Leonard Henry being one, uh, Pernell Griffin, and also Brian Moss. And uh, they have uh, churches. Uh, Brian's churches is down in uh, Texas. And uh, I don't know how familiar anybody is with Brian Moss, but. Uh, he is an incredible pastor. He delivers an incredible message. Um, I have learned something from him every time I listen to him speak. I had him do a holiday message on the podcast uh, this past Christmas, which was incredible. Uh, Leonard, of course, uh, you know, uh, has a new church. I think it's. Uh, I had him on. We talked a lot about his church that he's putting together now. 
his new ministry, uh, I guess it's somewhat new. It's about a year old, maybe a little bit more, maybe a little older than that right now. But uh, what an incredible message that he always has. Again, I learn something from him every time he opens his mouth. Uh, and then, of course, Purnell. And uh, when we had our first Locker Room for Life meeting uh, a few nights ago, uh, Purnell, his topic that I asked him to speak about was how to lead prayer in the home. And it, it was just incredible. It was just incredible. So I'm, I'm so proud uh, of those guys and what they've accomplished um, and, and what they've achieved in relationship to uh, touching so many people. And uh, Brian, he goes, you know, he also travels to Africa and different countries and preaches as well. Uh, but these these are three people that we need to uh, we need to know more about. You know, the pirate nation. We need we need to give them a little bit more exposure, and uh, I think everybody would be blessed from that. But um, right now, you know, I'm still in kindergarten or first grade from as far as you know what I know about the Bible, learning learning the Word. Uh, but I have a doctorate degree in all the things that God has done for me. Uh, you know, despite the fact that you know, I'm not sure I deserved any of it. But uh, you know, my career was incredible because I survived seven head coaches, and uh, to me, that was an act of God. You know, I was to- totally blessed uh, to keep a steady paycheck for as long as I did, and so I'm I'm always going to be very thankful for that. But I'm very thankful for a lot of things that I could talk about where a testimony is concerned. So. Uh, uh, but um, just a few things there about the, uh, just a few people uh, on the Armored Life team that are extremely influential. Marcus Crandall, Jeff Connors here inside the Pirate Radio studios as we talk about what Je- Coach Jeff Connors is up to today. And I also want to go back and relive uh, some of the, the glory days, the memories. And Marcus, we. We talked about you know you and and you like John Elway, you like Warren Moon, guys like that. The the coaches also kind of take uh, pieces from other coaches and and what they enact to their program. Coach, as a strength coach, did you have I don't know strength coach heroes or guys you? I'm sure you talked to a lot of guys, but who were the people maybe you kind of molded yourself after or modeled your strength program after? Were there any guys come to mind for you? Well, yeah, there's a few people that come to mind. I mean, I. I don't like to, to, you know, kind of uh, talk about my age, I guess. But <laughs> when, <clears throat> no, nah, but when you look back at when this whole thing started, uh, I played football in college. I graduated in 1980, uh, got into a few other things after that, and then came back around to strength and conditioning. And I was in police work for a while in South Florida, all that kind of good stuff. But then I, I was a fitness director for police department and. And uh, I got into powerlifting out of college, and I, I won the Florida State Police Olympics one year, and you know I had a few state titles here and there, and I, I was uh, competing in the 181 pound class. And I was a defensive back in college, so uh, I came down from about 195 to 181 for the meets. So obviously, you know, I met a lot of people in powerlifting, and uh, you know, I was a clean power lifter. Uh, my best total in the, the ADFPA, the American Drug Free Powerlifting Association, and uh, as a 181 pounder, I think was right around 1600 for three lifts. 
and so I was ranked nationally for a while with that. Uh, but Doc Kreese, uh, who was the Vandy Vanderbilt strength coach, was hosting a lot of powerlifting meets back then, and I was actually coaching in the state of Tennessee, so uh, at a place called TMI Academy, and so I, I would travel over to uh, Vandy and get into uh, some of those meets, but also get into meets around the uh, around the state of Tennessee, and I think I wanted to combine North Carolina and South Carolina meet one year and travel down there. I don't even remember what city it was, but uh, but that was my er- you know early influences for me were were people who were in, in, involved in powerlifting, and then powerlifting uh, was a big, I guess you could say, influence uh, because things were a little bit different back then as far as how you train people. Um, big on the primary movements when you go to the national conference for the national strength and conditioning association that was formed back then uh i don't remember the exact year but we're probably talking about the 1970s and some of the scientific uh individuals i was uh, heavily influenced by dr bill kramer who's he's still at ohio state now Uh, but he was at penn state actually when i was at bucknell and I, when I was going to the uh, conferences, I met Dr. Kramer, and he uh, was a big influence with me, and he still is a tremendous influence in the profession as far as what he's brought to the profession from a scientific standpoint. Uh, he sent me out to Texas A&M. I spent about a week there with Mike Clark. Mike Clark was a mentor. Mike Clark was still in the NFL coaching somewhere, I think, with Detroit Lions. Uh, Bert Hill uh, was a, a name that you know I really didn't get to know Bert Hill until later in my career and I actually brought him into East Carolina as one of my assistants for a year or two. Uh, Bert was a tremendous uh, you know he was a, a D-line coach and strength coach for the Detroit Lions. Uh, he was Saban's strength coach with the Miami Dolphins and you know i'm still very good friends with bert and talk to him frequently now i just did a podcast when we went to nashville i was in a wedding out there and steve waterson uh was the he was the, the nfl strength coach for the houston oilers and uh, tennessee titans for 32 years so he had the longest tenure as a full-time coach and jeff fisher actually uh made him the assistant head coach for the Titans as the strength coach. Uh, so uh, that was very unique. Uh, but that says a lot for what Steve had accomplished. And I first learned kettlebells in Steve's garage with he and his wife uh, when I was at, uh, at Carolina. And uh, you know, about a week later, we spent about 30 or 40 grand on kettlebells at Carolina. Uh, because I was so convinced, you know, as to what that type of training could do for you in conjunction with you know, the uh, barbell training and dumbbell training. Um, but uh, Steve's been a big influence. Uh, and, you know, I thought our podcast that we did a couple weeks ago, you know, Steve just did a great job and we did it in his home in Nashville. And so if you get a chance to listen to that, I think it'd be well worthwhile because, you know, course he talks about when John Bunning was playing for the Eagles who I coached with and Steve was uh, the performance coach there when Bunning was there a young performance coach Steve was also a a sports medicine guy as well he's also a a, a trainer Uh, and then um, 
you know, he had a career with the Houston Oilers uh, that we talked about quite a bit in the contrast between, you know, some of those coaches that he coached with. So uh, those were some of the people who influenced me. Uh, uh, Mickey Marotti with Ohio State now I actually went up to the Ohio State Strength and Conditioning uh, Clinic this uh, uh, this past year for kind of something to do and I also just got back from the, the National Conference because I'm still interested in keeping my certifications but uh, Mickey's making $900,000 a year right now and so that's where how far the strength and conditioning <laughs> profession has gone. That, that was unheard of back then I just signed a new contract I came into ECU in 91 for a whopping 35 Gs. That's that's what I meant. Yeah, back uh, back when you So, you know, but that was a lot of money for me, you know. And then they made fun of me because, you know, I drove this old car. So, you know, Logan, a couple years later, gave me a dealer car. So, you know, I thought I was big time then, you know. So, but, uh, but yeah, but, you know, my income did uh, improve over the years pretty significantly. So I was, you know, very proud to... uh, you know, spend, uh, you know, 31, 32 years in the profession and, and see the profession grow and see mm-hmm. the value of the strength coach, um, you know, grow as well. So uh, that relationship between the head coach and the strength coach is, is vital. And uh, as a strength coach, you need to be very loyal to whoever it is you're working for. And, you know, wh- whoever I was working for, whether we were winning or losing, I was going to be loyal. And... Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, I may not have agreed with everything at times, but uh, you got to have a great relationship there, and you got to build that relationship. And you have to talk about what you're going to do in the off season. And uh, I'll always be extremely thankful to Steve for the the leverage and the freedom he gave me and what I did. And I, I pretty much, you know, Steve was pretty much, uh, hey Jeff, what are we going to do today? And that's what we did, you know, as far as the conditioning went, and what we're going to do this summer. I'd lay it out for him, and that's what we did. And, you know, the one thing about Steve was Steve didn't go anywhere in the summer. He was up in that office. He wanted to see that Pascal. <laughs> Even if it – I don't know if it was from a pair of binoculars or what, <laughs> but I promise you he was up in that office oh, every day. Oh, man. And uh, so uh, great stuff, man. Yeah, that's awesome. Jeff Connors, Marcus Crandall joining us. We need to take a break. We'll come back. Uh, a lot more to go with Coach Jeff Connors. And uh, we will take your questions as well if you want to get those in on Facebook and YouTube. We'll take a break. Come back. More to go. Coach Connors and Marcus Crandall back with you right after this. Listening to Hour One of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by Pirate Water. Get ready to party, pirates. Go to drinkpiratewater.com to find your new treasure. 21 and older only. Pirate Water. Why be yourself when you can be a pirate? Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Brown and Wood is your home of the best selection of GMC, Cadillac, Buick, and Mazda in eastern North Carolina since 1937. Shop their entire inventory online at brownandwoodauto.com 
or you can visit them on Greenville Boulevard, Brown and Wood, Greenville's number one dealership and the home of the lifetime powertrain warranty. Now let's head back in to Pirate Radio Live. Here's your host, Clip Brock. All right, back with you on Pirate Radio Live. Awesome to have Marcus Crandall and Coach Jeff Connors here in the Pirate Radio studios here on a Tuesday. A couple of questions coming in. This is a pretty obvious one, Coach. Uh, people out there want to know, Jamie specifically, what are you benching nowadays? <laughs> uh, I, I, I will tell you that I benched 405 one time with one witness, <laughs> my assistant coach Jay Butler, who's still coaching. He's uh, he's running the show up at, at Rutgers now, making about 500 a year. Uh, but uh, as far as what I bench now, uh, I don't lift weights very heavy. Um, I do a lot of reps. I've got a gym in my garage. Uh, I do a lot of different types of bench press with different bars. Um, I do velocity-based training uh, where I measure bar speed or wattage produced uh, f- you know, with, with my lifting as well as a few other people that I train. Uh, but, but I've got that capacity in my garage as well. But, uh, you know, you get to a certain point, and I had uh, uh, one shoulder, uh, grade four separation in one, uh, surgery, taking uh, bone spurs out of the other one. So... You know, when, when those things kind of happen, it's a little bit different in relationship to uh, where your bench press is going to go and what, what type of lifting you want to do. But uh, uh, I have a squat machine, and, I you know, I, I had my hip replaced. And they said, uh, well, you know, you may never squat again, but I wasn't going to go for that, though. You know, my, <laughs> I went to Duke. I wanted to find the best guy in the country I could find to make sure I could still lift weights. And he said, if you do... What I'm telling you to do uh, in your recovery, your hip will be stronger than it's ever been. And I don't know if I believe that. And uh, I don't know if some other uh, orthopedics would believe that either. But I am to the point on my squat machine where I, uh, uh, I'm i now be, I'm able to do 494 for sets of 10. So uh, I don't know what that is barbell-wise, but uh, it's enough for me right now. So I'm still majoring in training my legs. <laughs> there you go like that uh coach uh, jamie also asking so we got bryce williams coming up later on the show i think i remember a camp connor's video with uh bryce and and coach from back in the day i believe his question says uh who was stronger and tougher bryce williams or julius peppers <laughs> i don't know if that's a fair comparison there jamie but uh you i think that's good to show you've uh coached a lot of different types of athletes bryce always yeah. talked about how he would set alarms at night to wake up and eat peanut butter trying to gain weight he couldn't yeah. keep weight on so you've got a lot of different guys with different shapes and uh and and how do you kind of handle all that coach with the different body types well i think bryce did a great job you know when he you know, he, was, he was a pleasure to coach he always trained hard he worked hard and uh as far as as julius goes and yeah that's uh that is a bit of a joke because Julius was so talented. It was sick. He was the, uh, you know, obviously the uh, the best athlete I think that I ever coached. And I, and I can think of a couple more though. But uh, uh, Julius would respond to when when I first went to Carolina. He was still playing basketball. Uh, he and Ronald Curry were yeah. playing basketball, and uh, I couldn't wait to get my hands on he and Ronald. And when Julius, uh, the basketball coach, uh, I think it was Coach Doherty, is that correct? Yes, sir. Anyway, he told me, do not touch my guys until basketball's over. I, yes, sir. So I waited wait until <laughs> basketball was over. And when Julius came in, uh, it only took a, a two or three weeks for me to see him making pretty significant improvement. 
and even the size of his body started to improve very quickly because when you get these guys that have these uh, fast twitch qualities they respond quicker to training as well you know so that's why you want to recruit people with fast twitch qualities and uh, uh, joyous for me uh, on that turf field uh, ran a four five five. That was the be- that was the best time that I had him um, at two hundred and eighty seven pounds. And Julius, uh, at the end of a workout, would always want to race a skill guy. <laughs> he always <laughs> want to challenge somebody to race, you know, in a forty. And uh, you know, he he might have got beat a couple times, but not many. But uh, you know, he was like a giant tailback. That's what Julius <laughs> was. Mm-hmm. And. Uh, you know, I, I got on Julius a couple times because I thought he could have played harder in a couple games, you know, his senior year. But, uh, you know, I, I tried to be honest with everybody, but he was incredible. And uh, I'll never forget on pro day, uh, the guys came in and uh, there was an individual who played professional football. I'm trying to think of his name right now. He also wrestled. And I've still, I still have this on video. And this guy came out there in position specifics, and uh, he was in boots and jeans. And he told Julius, say, put your hands on me. And he kept slapping Julius's hands and then push him in the face. I think he might have hit him in the head a couple times. And they went on for probably, I, I mean, I don't know, maybe two full minutes, maybe three full minutes. And he was trying to break Julius, and Julius was not going to break And but And this guy was bleeding, but he was still rolling, man. And... Uh, I'll remember his name maybe before this this is over today, oh, but right. uh, uh, but uh, I've got it on video, and uh, you know I, I was very impressed that day because Julius showed a lot of toughness too, and I'm sure that's one of the reasons he stayed in the league as long as he did as well. But he was not only talented, you know, he was tough. Question from Robert, and and this kind of goes back to your training a lot of different guys with different shapes, skill sets, everything. He says, what exercises help defensive and offensive linemen stay in the game longer, the big uglies? What about specific to to those guys in the trenches there? You know, I was always a back squad guy, and uh, I always will be until they put me in the ground. I mean, I'm going to believe in the back squad. So uh, that's uh, probably the number one lift. Um, and there are tons of variations of a back squat. Uh, you know, now you've got, uh, you know, you have accommodating resistance with bands and chain. You can box squat and you can, you got different types of bars that you can use to give you a little different feel. Um, I like front squats. I like back squats. And I also liked heavy step ups. Um, we did a lot of those. Uh, when I was at Carolina, I had some linemen uh, who could do triples. Uh, with a, a fairly high box with a barbell. And, of course, we did a lot of things to, uh, to make sure it was a safe lift. But uh, I had guys that could triple uh, uh, 365, uh, you know, on a, on a single leg step up. So uh, big on step ups. Uh, I also liked, you know, of course, big into Olympic lifts as well. But I also liked the vintage dumbbell power clean. Where you have a narrow stance, if you get the dumbbells outside your feet, so you're coming from the ground, and you're actually going to catch the dumbbells with them facing your body. Uh, so that's the way you're going to rack them. That that's a, a vintage dumbbell clean, and I had uh, quite a few guys who could uh, dumbbell clean 110, 110, 120 pound dumbbells 
with that particular lift so that that was kind of my one kind of my favorite lifts as well for linemen uh that i liked but uh you know you're going to be I, I love training linemen differently than skill guys and i i also have some very strong beliefs about defensive back because i played defensive back i believe those guys have to be the highest the uh, the best conditioned athletes on your team because they don't they don't substitute a lot you know you're gonna bring a lot of receivers in there and you're gonna be running up and down the field and then you're gonna have to run across the field and pursue and you know you're gonna have to come up and force and uh I think it's extremely important to isolate the defensive backs, um, and they've got to be in better shape than anybody else with position specifics and whatever else you're going to decide to do with conditioning. Marcus Crandall and Jeff Connors here. Kenny, a country music fan, asking about Chase Rice. He said, while you were at that other university, right. doesn't give the name of it here, uh, but we know what it is. Uh, talked about uh, how much did you enjoy training him and how good was he a uh, football? Is he a better football player or a, a musician, Coach? Uh, Chase was a good football player. He played linebacker. Uh, he had good size. Yeah, he had good numbers in the weight room. Um, you know, he had some twitch. And uh, but he, you know, he had some some people that he was also, uh, I guess you could say, competing with for for a job. Uh, and um, I talked with him here recently. In fact, I found some video of Chase that I sent to him uh, in the weight room. Uh, but uh, Chase played uh, quite a few. Uh, you know, he he played uh, his last year. I don't think he started. Uh, uh, but he had someone ahead of him who was very, very talented. Uh, but Chase would uh, go to town with his guitar, and uh, you know, we we thought he was crazy. You know, we're like, you know, what's what's Chase Rice doing, man? He's. I saw him last night downtown. He was trying to sing with his guitar in some bar downtown, and uh, and then he got into some NASCAR stuff, and. Uh, but you know, he eventually went to Nashville and uh, and of course uh, impressed the right people. And he just put out a new album, uh, which is very popular. But I've I've been to uh, a few of his uh, concerts. Um, he brought me out on stage one time, which was an interesting experience. And uh, he was actually here at the Watermelon Festival once. Yeah. Uh, but he's you're probably not going to see him at the Water, Watermelon Festival anymore. But uh, I, I am waiting to see him on uh, the Country uh, Music Awards. Yeah. Uh, I keep asking him when he's going to show up on there. But uh, it, Chase is a great uh, human being, and also uh, it's incredible what he's accomplished as a musician. You mentioned NASCAR there, Coach, and a few names came to mind. Former Pirates that got involved in that. Uh, Jeff Carr, I believe. Yeah. Um, of course, uh uh, yeah, Dustin Lineback, Zico Pursuit was there. Right. Um, Big Ed Watkins is a champion on the circuit. Right. How, how about that translation from, from football to NASCAR? It must be pretty seamless. We see a lot of old football guys go that route. Yeah, the NASCAR guys used to come in and uh, uh, they were actually recruiting. And okay. so primarily the type of person that they wanted to see was someone like Jeff Carr. Um, you know, Jeff was athletic. Um he was just, uh, I guess you could say he would be NASCAR strong, where he's the kind of guy that could change a tire, you know, because he was just strong overall. Uh, Jeff came in at 190 pounds and left at about 230, 240, 
and I, I don't know what Jeff looks like. He weighs about 240, 250 now, but uh, he could probably still change the tire, whatever he was doing with NASCAR. I don't even remember, but uh, I know he got to be uh, uh, very popular. Uh, and uh, I, and as far as uh, those other guys, that's kind of what they uh, what they were recruiting as someone who uh, had a linebacker type frame, who had good strength, ha- had some speed, and uh, you know, of course, big big head Ed was a lineman, and uh, you know he's one of my favorite people that I've ever coached because of his level of enthusiasm. You know, and he still has that level of enthusiasm out there selling boats now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, you know, those, those guys did well. And they also took, I really think that they took the attitude and, and the, uh, the chip on the shoulder, uh, to NASCAR. And that's, I think that's another reason why they were, they, they were successful there. I like seeing it after a pit stop, they'll do a fast pit and they'll all, the car drives off. They all celebrate. They look like football players celebrating a big play. So you still got that, that team aspect of it too pretty neat yeah, it is. marcus crandall joining us uh, along with coach jeff connors let's take another break we'll have one more segment with coach connors if you got any more questions we got a question about college football uh, rule changes one in specific that we'll ask coach connors about and more when we return pirate radio live on a tuesday back with you after this You're listening to Hour One of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by Pirate Water. Get ready to party, pirates. Go to drinkpiratewater.com to find your new treasure. 21 and older only. Pirate Water. Why be yourself when you can be a pirate? Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Are you in outside sales and looking for an opportunity to increase your earning potential? Copy Pro has been in Eastern North Carolina for over 45 years and continues to grow each year, and they are in need of more sales professionals with a desire to potentially make a six-figure income. Do you have what it takes? Visit CopyPro.net today to submit your resume and to learn more. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Cliff. Back with you, Pirate Radio Live, Marcus Crandall and Coach Jeff Connors. And during the break, Coach, I said I wanted to bring up your ring because uh, throughout your career, you've won a whole lot of rings, got a whole lot of rings. Uh, but the one in particular you're wearing, uh, Sp- Pennsylvania Sports Hall of Fame. And, uh, Coach, what's the why, why do you choose to wear that one and not all the other rings that you have in the, uh, in the drawer? Well, my dad coached me in high school, and I was his quarterback. And uh, – and then uh, my father also, uh, you know, he was uh, he was a catcher and he was a quarterback uh, in college, and he he broke every record in the school book that both of us went to. He still had all the records there, uh, and that the Pirates took him as a catcher. Uh, he went to some farm league in some god awful place down south somewhere, so it, it didn't last. But uh, my father was inducted into this particular same Hall of Fame. And, and uh, my father gave me this ring when I got in. And so this is the one that I wear because it means wow. so much to me because I'm in that Hall of Fame with my dad. That is awesome. That is. And uh, just a, a ton of football rings as well. And we also learned during the break, uh, Jeff Connors, women's basketball guy. That's correct. <laughs> yes. So uh, how many, you said you got four women's basketball rings? Actually six. Um, <laughs> 
When I, that was my second team, they wanted. You know, I had football, and of course, I had a staff. Uh, I oversaw the department at, at UNC. But I said, uh, uh, actually, Sylvia Hatchell came to me and said, uh, "Would you take women's basketball?" I want you to train them just like you train football. And I'm like, are you sure about that? So, yeah. yeah. So uh, we actually won the ACC every year I had them, uh, four years in a row. And we went to two Final Fours. Uh, so that's when Ivory Latta, the famous Ivory Latta, was there. And uh, so I got four you know, four championship rings for the ACC and then two, two rings for the Final Four. But... Uh, uh, it was kind of unique because Ivory Ladder was followed by a lot of rappers. <laughs> and uh, I walked in the locker room at, uh, at at UNC one night, and there was Cat Williams. And I knew I was recognizing him, I thought, but I was like, wait a second, there's only one guy that looks like this cat, <laughs> and that's Cat Williams. And, like, yeah, man, what's up? So uh, I said, okay, Cat, you know. <laughs> But I, I was shocked. <laughs> yeah. You know, but uh, that's the kind of following she had. And uh, there were some other rappers up in the stands, too, for other games. But that was a great experience. And I really I, I treasured that experience because those girls really worked hard. They were tough. Uh, we beat Connecticut twice. You know, we beat uh, Geno's team twice. And you don't do that too often, you know, with regard to Connecticut. But uh, uh, I was uh, – Sylvia wanted me to travel with them, so I traveled with them. And uh, – uh, you know that was a, that was a unique experience. It really was. That's awesome. Uh, Jeff Connors joining us. Marcus Crandall, coach. We'll circle back before we get out of here and, and let folks know everything you're doing uh, here today. And uh, you are you're out there with a lot of podcasts and things going on. But want to ask you and and if you could go back in your your mind and I don't know. We're we're sending some pirates, some former pirates to to a new type of Olympics where they're going to compete in all the events and everything. Who are the best athletes? Who are the guys you can come up with that you've coached here at East Carolina over the years that you would send to that uh, that ultimate man Olympics going on? I'm not very familiar with it, uh, but as far as uh, I'd probably need to look at some rosters because I'm sure I would forget somebody. Yeah. Uh, but obviously my first year here, I mean, you know, Robert Jones was a freak and, uh, you know, he just, uh, was so explosive, you know, along with having good speed. Um, and of course, you know, his position, the, the perfect position for him was linebacker. He also, of course, had size, but then you can see through his family, I mean, uh, you know, uh, Zay Jones would have to be someone as well. Uh, the thing about Zay, of course, was the fact that you know he improved so much during the time that he he was here. Uh, I remember him coming to me and saying, "Hey, coach, you know I want to get up to two hundred and some pounds." Uh, I shut him down for the uh, for the winter as far as running went. We got him up, got his weight up, and then I was uh, yeah, I couldn't wait to test him in the forty to see what happened. But because he got so strong in the proper muscle groups, you know he. Uh, he hit a four three seven in that, on that indoor track, you know, which he had came down from I think a four five two. But of course, the you know the Robert Jones family, I guess you could say, you know, <laughs> definitely as far as as talent goes. Uh, and by the way, Zay's might be in his prime right now. Yeah. He had an awesome year last year. Oh, yeah, year. yeah. You know, uh, I went down and I went to the Atlanta Falcons game. You know, I I coached, uh, of course, you know, their head coach at Carolina, you know, Arthur Smith. 
And uh, Dwayne's there, you know, Dwayne Ledford coaching offensive line. But, you know, Dwayne's another guy uh, that was a very good athlete for his size. And, you know, he was such a good athlete, you didn't even really know where to put him because he was kind of a tweener as well. And then finally his senior year, you know, we put him at offensive line. And, and then, of course, he went and played in the NFL a number of years. Uh, so, uh, you know, he's someone that I would I would definitely, you know, refer to. But we we had so many guys that were fast. Uh, it's really hard for me. I, I could talk about Mitch Galloway. I could talk about Larry Shannon. Mitch Galloway took 23 steps to run a 40. Larry Shannon took 18 steps. You know, they both ran a 4-3. I, I don't even know. Mitch might even get down, you know, when he went uh, to the league or whatever to a 4-2 or something. I don't really know. But Larry Shannon had a 44-inch vert. Uh, and it was legit, and uh, but but those two guys come to mind as far as just raw speed. But we had one year, I think we had 26 guys who legitimately ran, uh, you know, under a four six uh, on one of those teams in the 90s. And you know, you don't see that very often on a football team. I'm talking about legitimate speed like that. Uh, so. Um, a lot of guys come to mind. We know, you know we had a lot of athletic quarterbacks. One of them sitting right here. Uh, you know, we had uh, Jeff Blake, of course, and David Garrard. When he came in, he was 269 pounds, so we had to run him down to 235. <laughs> and uh, so, you know, a lot of athletic quarterbacks through the years. Um, you know, Shane Carden, of course, through the later later years, was was a really good athlete. And then. Uh, uh, Justin Hardy, of course, would be a guy who was another big-time overachiever. You know, uh, you know, I really love the guys who worked hard uh, for three or four years and you know were overachievers to an extent. Um, did some things, accomplished some things that you wouldn't expect. Expect like a Lamont Burns, for instance, who uh, Coach Logan mentioned on the podcast I did with him. Um, but. You know, I you know if we were going to sit here and go through each roster, <laughs> yeah. I, I'd, I'd name ten guys from sure. each year probably. Marcus, um, you know it's changed so much now. Now the strength and conditioning's in the high school programs, and, and kids are getting into it younger. But how about when you were coming up through a smaller high school, the weight training? Like, did you have any kind of weight training going on there? And what was that transition like for you getting into Coach Connor's program? Everything was all on my own. Yeah. I didn't have a weight program. Um, in high school at all um i did uh, I, I used to train with uh, one of my teammates uh in the weight room as far as uh, getting ready um and really i really focused in on uh, I, I was a baseball player as well growing up uh but then when i started getting letters for uh college um to go and play football for a football scholarship i really started to hone in and focus on the football aspect of it and then my senior year, I really uh, I played baseball, but I, man, I, I would hit the weights while playing baseball because <laughs> I I knew what I wanted to do, right? And yeah. so um, it was just what I wanted to do to try and get ready, get prepared to uh, you know go to the next level because I knew I was you know after seeing you know ECU win the Peach Bowl and all of that, I knew what I was going into, and so I knew I had to uh, to prepare myself and my body to. Uh, to to do what I wanted to do and and accomplish what I wanted to accomplish and um, but um, it, I mean it's uh, high school is so much different now like I was at uh, D H Conley I was at uh, all, 
lots of different high schools around here in regards to their weight program. Mm-hmm. A lot of the head coaches kind of run their programs in, in regards to that. Um, and so they're, they're on top of it and uh, they, you know, they have that, uh, that competition, you know, kind of dealing guys pushing each other um, day in and day out in the weight room to get better. And I think um, that's why you're seeing, uh, I, I think that is transitioning to the guys getting the NILs in high school right now. I, I really do think that's what the where that is kind of uh, deriving from. Do you, They're putting so much work and effort into it. Did you notice that, Coach, throughout the years, maybe guys weren't as raw when it comes to strength and conditioning coming out of high school? Yeah, the, the only thing that I, I would say is uh, they didn't spend enough time training their hips, you know, training their lower body. Uh, they didn't spend enough time on learning how to move. I think a lot of times you'd have to retrain guys as far as how to run, even though they ran track in high school. And uh, sometimes they didn't spend enough time on a posterior chain, for instance, the, the muscle groups that put force into the ground to propel your hips through the air and give you stride length, for instance. Um, that's th- Those types of things are very important. And I think that we're, uh, the, the profession uh, has learned a lot uh, I think the profession has learned a great deal over the past 10 years, and I think strength and conditioning at the high school level has taken leaps and bounds. Uh, Toby Jacoby, one of my old uh, you know, assistants, was uh, he's been at the forefront of that uh, with the high schools across the country so uh, and done a great job with that. So, uh, yes, I think it's improved immensely, uh, but I think there's still room for more improvement and uh, – you know, and I think that you know you need to pay those guys at the high school level a little bit of money too. Coach, uh, we're about out of time. Uh, felt like we just got in here, but we uh, an hour is up. So uh, once again, tell folks everything that uh, you're up to these days and kind of your new mission, as you said, what you're uh, involved with. I train a few people here and there. I go to Cary, uh, North Carolina, train a couple people over there uh, a few days a week. I uh, I play golf at Ironwood and, and a few other places. I really enjoy playing golf. Uh, I'm a bogey golfer. I don't know if I'll get, ever get better than that, but I'm working on it. Uh, outside of that, I've been uh, just elated about uh, my little hobby with armoredlife.org. Um, and then uh, I, I really appreciate uh, the sports objective asking me to do a podcast. and. You know, I, I've just had some great guests on there. Chuck Pagano was a great guest. Uh, Steve Logan, uh, John Bunning, um, you know, uh, Kevin Colbert. I mean, it just uh, there's a whole list of guys who've done an incredible job. You know, Dwayne Ledford, that was an incredible interview. Uh, uh, Terrell Williams, uh, incredible interview. So, you know, if you have a chance to go on YouTube and listen to those, it'd be well worthwhile. You know, this this ain't about me. You know, this is, I'm trying to highlight these guys. And uh, so, um, saw our buddy Kevin Monroe was on recently, Kevin right? Kevin Monroe, yeah, a couple nights ago. Check that out. That was great. Um, but uh, I feel so honored to, to be able to have those guys on and to have been able to work with them and know them as well as I know them and talk about the things that we talk about, which I think have great value, and, and to have them give their testimony. I, I'll say this real quick. Stephen Brady came on there, was fighting cancer, uh, colon cancer, and, and Pastor Gene Williams prayed for him on the podcast, and Addison Bass was listening to the podcast and called us and said, can I come on your podcast and rededicate my life to Christ? And that's what we did. And so uh, that's what it's all about. 
And now uh, from my 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 uh, conversation with the Steelers and what they're doing with what they call lend a hand, uh, I started locker room for life. We've had one session so far. The next session is going to be uh, uh, July the sixth at seven thirty p.m. It's on a Thursday. It's a Zoom call. Uh, former athletes, uh, former pirate athletes coming on there. Basically, uh, uh, we're trying to get foot five ball together with us on that as well. And the presentation is going to be on uh, how to build credit, how to build your credit score. And uh, the spiritual presentation is going to be on how to build a strong marriage. And then we're going to let those guys interact with each other. And we're going to try to have this each month. That's awesome. Awesome stuff. Jeff yes, Connors joining us here. Coach, uh, I almost let you get away. Chandler, I'm sorry. We got to do it. I, Coach did his Cat Williams impression earlier. <laughs> now we got to get Co- fake Coach Connors on. Just to kind of recap the interview, how do you think it went today, Coach? Well, I was going to say, uh, before the program started, uh, we were going to have a interview circuit. We were going to have about six sets of 10-minute reps. Uh, but I think that you guys uh, executed that at a high level. Well, thank you, Coach. Good to hear. <laughs> Appreciate that. By yeah. the way, I do want to mention awesome. this, Coach. Uh, when I was uh, very little, my godfather, uh, who is also a huge Pirate fan, gifted me for my birthday a book. And that book was Strength Coach, A Call to Serve by okay. Jeff Connors. So I was able to read that book. And it's somewhere at my mom and dad's house. So I still got it somewhere. Well, was, I, thank you. I really appreciate that. And it's the only book he's ever read, Coach. So Yeah, the only <laughs> one. A lot they couldn't it. get me to read in school, but as soon as I got that book, I said, I'm ready to read it from cover to cover. All right. Uh, good work, Chan, man. Uh, Coach, uh, appreciate you hanging out with us today. Yes, sir, that was yes. a lot of fun. Appreciate the invite. Appreciate it very much. Marcus, um, you'll be away, but your voice will not because, man, we got a ton of interviews we've recorded that we haven't released yet. Uh, so we'll uh, we'll put out a couple of those this week. Pernell Griffin on Thursday. Uh, Carlester Crumpler on Friday. We got Lester lines uh, we've got others uh duck coach doug martin yes. that will run so uh you're gonna head north of the border but uh you'll still be on pirate radio live and uh, we'll see you back in a couple weeks right hey man looking forward to coming back for sure awesome uh, good stuff marcus thank you coach we'll uh, take a time out come back when we return we'll talk some pirate baseball look around the super regionals also a story that the live and pga tour the live tour and pga tour have come to some sort of agreement we'll talk about that with mully as well mike mullis joins us on the other side of this timeout. more to go after this You're always dancing down the streets with the suede blue eyes never new boy that you meet doesn't know the real surprise here she You're listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by University PC Care, your local tech support experts for all your business needs. Let University PC Care take care of it so you can take care of business. Visit universitypccare.com to learn more today. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. From sales to service, Greenville Auto World has all of your vehicle needs covered. You can shop all of their inventory now at greenvilleautoworld.net. If you're also looking for someone to service your vehicle, they have a full service and repair facility. Uh, They do brakes, oil changes, tires, inspections, and they can repair any kind of vehicle. Greenville Auto World, across from Speedway at Bell's Fork and online at greenvilleautoworld.net. Thanks to Tim Sutton for his sponsorship of the program. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Cliff. All right. 
it's not what you know it's who you know and i know marcus crandall and that relationship has led to me talking to a lot of east carolina legends uh including jeff connors a moment ago earlier today had a great one hour chat with carlester crumpler and we'll have that one for you coming up on friday's edition of pirate radio live former pirate linebacker pernell griffin coming up later this week our chat with him as well and uh, these uh, interviews with marcus have been fantastic and he's got the rolodex bumping got a lot more coming up throughout this summer and uh, this year on pirate radio live so hope you enjoy all of those right now we will switch gears and talk some baseball as mike mullis joins us on the pirate radio live line mully how you doing today man Good, brother. How are you? Doing good. Uh, I saw you right before uh, ECU Virginia, the final game, and just kind of had our, our last minute uh, ECU baseball, how we feel and talk. And it, there was a discussion at the table about pressure and how much pressure is is Cliff Godwin feeling, but specifically how much pressure is uh, Zach Root feeling heading into uh, his start the other night. And you said he should be feeling none. It's like, hey, it's house money here. You're 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 able to pitch on this high level and this kind of game just go out there and have fun i thought he'd be feeling all the pressure in the world uh but man he pitched about as good as you could ask for i still go back to it the one run that scored on root mully he struck the guy out and unfortunately ball went to the backstop they couldn't get him out at first he came around to score later that inning but uh root is a guy you talked about before the season uh during the year that you liked and boy he came up big for the pirates unfortunately the team uh could not get the win the other night oh man look he's the guy you build around i mean he's He's a special talent, uh, and <clears throat> excuse me. You know what's funny at East Carolina? We kind of get used to seeing uh, these special talents come through. But I, I, I again, I, I really like him. I like what he brings to the table. Obviously, the defensive play he made was. Uh, oh yeah, double play. It was yeah, it was good. It, I mean, it was good baseball. It was just very very smart. And uh, no, I mean, I he just went out there and did his thing. I. And I think he's a guy that likes the likes the bigger stage. I mean, we saw him, you know, against Carolina. We've seen him in some big moments. And you think back, this is a cat that like came out of the bullpen, kind of did what he did out of the pen, worked himself into a position to get to a midweek, and then uh, as a midweek starter, and then finds himself in the weekend rotation uh, when you get banged up a little bit, and all of a sudden, you know, he's your Friday night guy at least at times. And then you roll that thing forward to where uh, the season's on the line and and the staff has no problem sending him out. So, I, I mean, look, I think he did. I, I think he did all that could be asked of him, uh, as did, I thought, for the most part, the rest of the arms. Uh, you know, a couple things here and there. But, look, man, those guys have played a lot of baseball. UVA is a beyond-quality club. They are, they are exceptional, I think, uh, you know, I don't know how the brackets will line up uh, as this thing, you know, rounds out into Omaha after the Supers. But, you know, do we do we see an ACC Omaha uh, final? And I, I'd have to look back at how they, you know, how the rankings are, how they how they kind of shake out. But, I I mean, Wake Forest and UVA are about as good as it gets. And then you throw LSU. And, and again, I, I think I've said it to you before, I, I'm very, very uh, – curious and anxious to watch that Oral Roberts team uh, continue to do what they do because, I mean, they just win ball games, and then they bring the big left-handed kind of big bird dude in who's 
you know, was he six nine, six eight? Slings it from the left side, kind of Randy Johnson like. I man, I you know, I think they're going to be an interesting team to watch. Was that uh, Stillwater that they won Mullet? That that was a uh, that man. I loved uh, watching Squeeze play over the weekend. But I think Dallas Baptist was in there. I mean, they were just every team was scoring like fourteen runs a game. It was insane. And it's kind of interesting, too, to look at squeeze play and you see the different kind of game. And you've talked to me about this before. They talked about Cal State Fullerton and they kept bringing up West Coast baseball and the kind of small ball style they play. And then you look at another regional and it's just can you get a guy on and mash a home run? It is. It's the game of baseball. But, man, there's a lot of different ways to play it. It was fun to watch this weekend. No, look, I was on the call for the uh, East Carolina Long Beach State game, and, and on that call we talked a lot about the difference in in West Coast baseball and and, and non-West Coast. I won't say East Coast baseball because it seems to be very specific to the West Coast, but then you have the teams like um, East Carolina, Oklahoma. It, it's coaching to your strengths. And, you know, and when, I, when I lump East Carolina that, we – I don't think the Pirates play a true brand of West Coast baseball, but they are clearly not not afraid to lay a bunt down, not afraid to lay multiple bunts down. We've seen Cliff uh, squeeze with bases loaded. Uh, we've seen him in past years three bunts in a row. That's more West Coast type stuff. But this lineup that that you know was out there this year also had the opportunity to hit a ball on the scoreboard like Josh Mullen did. So yeah, but look, man, brand the brands of baseball are very different. I think it's a lot what a kid grows up playing and, and body types and what you have there. And, you know, may have something to do with, with climate and the ball flying and, and size of the ballpark. So, uh, but yeah, you, you saw it. You're right. If you, if you watch the, uh, you know, the, the, the four screen bill on squeeze play, there were, there were very, um, at certain times, there were very different styles of baseball being played. Mike Mullis joining us. You got a question for Mully. You can get it in, and uh, it's time for Jamie and Mully going one-on-one because Jamie has a lot of questions for you today, Mully. Uh, A couple regarding transfers. He says, we hear Cliff say a lot he is proud of his team doing it, quote, the right way, end quote. He says, what does that mean? Is that related to transfers? Is that talking about bringing guys in, building them up, or does that mean something else? I this would be a better question for Cliff, but what do you think he means by that, Molly? Well, you know what? Look, this is no different than at the at the highest level of baseball, at the pro level. Organizationally, some folks are all about a free agent, right? They'll they'll buy the talent as opposed mm-hmm. to spend the money on maybe cultivating the talent, and maybe that person does or doesn't work out. Cliff believes in his recruiting. He wants to protect the culture. But I will have to say, you know, he, he obviously, uh, Kevin McMullen was a mentor for Cliff per his own statement. I think as he's sitting in the dugout and he's watching three very significant transfers uh, go into the UVA program, which I would put UVA's culture up there with anybody. I think Vandy's culture is up there with anybody. Uh, and I do think, you know, the, the, the culture that's been built in East Carolina is, um, is beyond reproach, but you know, it's it's um, it can be a little more of the quick fix kind of thing, addressing specific needs, but bringing kids into your program that are not only good players, but fit the culture of what you do. 
Mike Mullis, on that note, Molly, uh, Jamie says, uh, should we go after more transfers, seeing other teams have success doing it? Well, you know, Jamie, that's a that's a pretty valid question. And I'm going to answer this as, it, 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 and obviously this is in my opinion, Cliff and I, that nobody over there, and I, we right. talked about this. Yeah. But I think you look. You also look at a differentiation of um, LSU, UVA, the programs that we saw really aggressive that are perennial uh, top, you know, top twenty programs. That East Carolina obviously has earned that right. But I, but I think there's there are a lot of factors at play, and I'm not alluding to just NIL because I don't know what if Virginia baseball even. Uh, if they even uh, use the NIL opportunity. But I think it's, you know, you, you get a call from a UVA, which is, a, I mean, let's face it, as, a, as an institution and as an athletic program is a little higher profile than maybe in East Carolina. Now, that doesn't mean East Carolina can't have success getting guys out of the portal, but I think that, you know, it, it's, at what tier do you enter the portal? Are you looking at the guys that are uh, maybe a smaller conference, all-conference player? Are you looking at the guys that are coming out of lesser programs that had great success? Are you able to run at like the, the you know the starter? I'm drawing a blank on his name. The starter for UVA that had great success at a great program, but quite frankly, Coastal and East Carolina are kind of on a peer level compared to a UVA, LSU, Vandy, that type of thing. So, I mean, it's into the portal, and what are your what are your potential opportunities to, to bring out of the portal? Again, just getting a kid out of the portal doesn't mean he's going to be a good player. And let's look back. It's not like East Carolina hasn't had transfers. Yeah, they've uh, brought some guys in to, to kind of – you need a bullpen arm. I think we've done that the last couple of years, I think, Mully. Uh, so you've seen kind of some spot guys here and there. Yeah, Ben Terwilliger last yeah. year was a great example, and you know, and let, I mean, let's let's also talk about the the kids that left this program or were going to leave this program that came back and were hugely significant contributors in Den and in um, Carter. The Count Cunningham. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the, you know, those. I mean, yeah, Cliff, Cliff's going to do. Cliff's going to do what's obviously in the best interest of the program, I think for, for any of us to answer the question, should we go play the portal, you know, that all sounds really good until it doesn't work out. Mike Mullis joining us. Mully, again, this is just Mully's gut feel opinion. This is not, you know, you have inside knowledge or anything. Um, how about Josh Moylan? Uh, does he go? Do we, what, uh, Great season, great end of the season, um, turned into a Plus defensive first baseman, I feel like he was awesome at first base defensively this year. So, how about his draft status, and uh, do you think he he goes to the uh, professional ranks? Uh, you know, Clipper. I, I mean, I, I think that he's going to have the opportunity. Yeah, and then I think it's what what does that opportunity entail? Is it financially what he wants? Is it what? Is it what he wants as a young man in development? And obviously, this is his leverage year. So, you know, if he waits the next year, the money's diminished. Um, does he go in the draft? I, I feel like he does. 
remember the draft's only 20 rounds. Mm-hmm. I'm not. Um, you know, I, I know that, you know, the number one high school player in the country is, is the Walker Jenkins kid that we've talked about. Mm. And they're saying he's going to go somewhere like four to six. And I only say that to say I, I'm not sure exactly what, like, is out there on the West Coast high school kids or, you know, what, 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 there's a lot of things that'll move that needle for a kid like Moylan. And I know where your next question goes is, okay, again, uh, grows, uh, you know, we name all these names. Yeah. And yes, we wouldn't be talking about them if we didn't feel like they had the chance because we saw the impact they had at East Carolina. But if we go back to last year, would we have thought Mayhew would have signed an undrafted free agent deal? Would we have thought Agnos would have ever left to become a pitcher? So all these things, man, are just speculative. It's going to be a lot of conversations with uh, the coaching staff and the players. I mean, I, I just think it's – it's. I don't think it's fair for any of us to make these assumptions because we none of us know all the moving parts. All right. Um, I'm trying to figure out a, a clever way to ask this next one. I'll do it this way. Molly, next year, next season, is it more likely we have – both Ryan McChrystal and Justin Wilcoxon on the roster, uh, just one of those guys or neither? Those are your three options. What's the most likely outcome? Mm. Uh, you know, I, I was always pretty good at multiple choice tests. Mm-hmm. There were like five options. Mm-hmm. So, tip, you know, typically if you don't know the answer, you eliminate the ones that, you know, you're sure are wrong. <laughs> Uh, okay. I think the one that I'm sure is wrong is I don't think we'll have both. Okay. All right. Um, I don't think that, um, you know, it's going to be interesting. Will Coxon could use the time to better develop behind the plate. I'm not sure where the staff is uh, with the crystal. Is it his being banged up or mm-hmm. – is there maybe a, a lack of confidence because we saw, you know, in the Houston series, the impact that Will Coxon has, uh, and we saw it in that series by him not being there. So, I mean, again, I, I mean, I hate to keep giving, pol- you know, politician-type answers, but I I mean, I just don't know enough about um, what goes on in the locker room to really make a, an educated decision. And the last thing that I want anybody to think is that, well, Mully said, and I – I don't know. I, I could see. I, I think. I, I don't. I, I could see it either way. I could see us having at least one. I would probably hedge that way as opposed to thinking we would have both back. Okay. All right. There you go. Uh, option B, a Mully takes as far as catcher goes. We'll have these discussions as we continue on through the offseason looking at ECU's roster. Coming up next, by the way, we got Matt Hamlet on the show. He coaches uh, in the Dirtbags showcase baseball organization and mully they've got a game they got two games coming up on monday one at noon one at three o'clock and i believe he said in the three o'clock game there are three future pirates pitching we'll talk about it coming up next on the show but some free admission uh really good baseball players going to be out at clark leclerc on monday you can be able to, to check that out uh, I, you know, possibly. Uh, who do we know who they're playing? They're playing the. It says Kane, uh, Evo Shield Kane slash New York Mets scout team. So yeah, I mean, you're gonna have some studs out there. So the Kane, the, the Canes play um, in certain events. They play as the Mets. 
Okay. Team. So that's kind of what that it's. Uh, I think this is the seventeen and under uh, teams going at it. And I will say, if that's the case, that it's um, that that Canes team and the Dirtbag National team that'll there'll be some quality players on the field. I mean, I you know that 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 could be interesting. Twelve noon and uh, three o'clock Monday. Clark Leclerc, free admission. We'll talk all about it coming up next with Matt Hamlet. All right, Mully. Uh, before we let you go, big news. I haven't had a chance to dive into all this today. Uh, we were actually talking about it with Coach Connors. He was talking about how big this is. But uh, the PGA Tour, DP World Tour, and Live Golf League uh, will unify and move forward in a larger commercial business. Uh, the circuits announced today. So, Molly, I, I don't know. Have you had a chance to to dive into all this? What does this mean as far as who's going to be playing week to week, and and is it all still going to be kind of three s- separate tours or entities, but they can all compete in majors? I don't know. Have you have you read into this yet? No, man, I hadn't at all. It's funny you say that. I've had several people just conversationally bring it up, and I've, I mean, I've been busy all day, so I, it's kind of the you know last thing I've been worried about. But it's um, it's interesting. It all, obviously all comes down to money, and and I think what they've seen is that the fields for the PGA event are far more interesting if you have the live players. I mean, there's several times, even as a as a golf fan, as an avid golf fan. I could look at the leaderboard and go, man, I don't know anybody up there. You know, and I'm talking about the first page of the leaderboard. Um, so I think this is a deal, and it's, it's probably also to help uh, regulate the world golf rankings. Uh, and quite, quite frankly, I think the PGA finally said, you know what? We're having to spend more money to increase the purses to compete with the Live Tour, but we're doing so with the diminished product mm-hmm. other than the majors. And if we don't make a change now, then the majors will not be reflective of the best players in the world because the world golf ranking, we can't get that straight. So how can we continue to get sponsors behind, you know, behind our, our tour events if we're putting a lesser product out there? So, I mean, I I don't think it's, uh, I, I don't, I mean, it, this is obviously strictly a business decision. I don't think there's ever been more crow cooked and eaten than there will be uh, while they try to work through this. Uh, the Rory McIlroy's of the world are, uh, I, I, he's got to be a little embarrassed or maybe, you know, this is kind of like having like your, 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 like your best friend stand behind you and he's got your back and then the fight goes down and he just kind of walks off. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is one of those deals where it's like, hey, you know, I fought for you guys. I stood up, and here we are, and and all based off of financial. And I, you know, I can't help but think I wonder if the Live uh, Tour had targeted some more guys and was maybe looking to pirate a few more, you know, a few more players. But yeah, it's interesting. I think it's going to be. I think what you end up seeing is these tours still perform independently, but it's going to end up being um, a, a little more back and forth. Like players can go play. Like the live tour, the way they put with the team format and all, I don't know how you could go guest play right. the live tour. Um, but I think you may see the live tour guys come play in PGA events when they're not playing. But, man, it's it really makes it look brilliant for the guys that went on the live tour, including Harold. Yeah. I mean, all of them. It looks like absolute brilliance. They, they got to cash the big check. 
and at the end of the day, they could still impact the PGA Tour. It, it, it and, and conversely, it makes the guys that that kind of stay true to the PGA Tour. It makes them look a little bit foolish, and and I, you know, the PGA Tour is definitely not a good wingman in this situation. <laughs> Molly, let me wrap it up with this. Uh, I put out a poll the other night. This was on Saturday night. And I said, baseball fans, would you rather your team be involved in a 2-1 to game like ECU Virginia earlier today or a 13-12 to game in the seventh inning like Washington and Oral Roberts are playing right now? And I found it interesting. There was 161 votes, so small but decent sample size for the, uh, the poll. And I found it interesting that that night, Molly, before I went to bed, and I posted this pretty late at night while watching that baseball game, the numbers were in favor of the 13 to 12 slugfest and then i think when the i don't know maybe older audience woke up the next day and saw it uh that weren't awake when i first posted it the numbers went towards the two to one pitchers duel it actually went 60 40 uh two one pitchers duel won the poll over the 13 to 12 slugfest so just found that interesting and i would Boy, but both are entertaining in their own right, but I love that two-to-one game the other day. I thought it was pretty clean, uh, not a lot of walks, good defense, and some clutch hitting here and there. But uh, I, I think you would align to that side as well, right, Molly, if you had to choose one of those? Yeah, you know, as a coach, you just go with what you tell. But I I, um, I will tell you that that 2-1 that game was as good a college baseball game as as you may ever see. I mean, there were balls hit hard. Uh, I mean, repeatedly by both sides, uh, there were loud outs. There was, you know, good defense played. Uh, I mean, it, it just a quality, quality baseball game. The 13-12 games can be exciting. It's kind of like watching an NFL game where you're like, all right, whoever has the ball last is going to win. And that's what those games kind of give you the feel. I think if you're an average consumer of the game, mm-hmm. obviously enjoy seeing the run scored. Yeah. If you're locked, if you're more a little more locked in, then you can appreciate the the quote unquote pitchers duel. Now, I don't think that two one game was indicative. The score was not indicative of the action. Again, there were a lot of balls, man, that were smoked. Yeah, and just guys, you know, hit right at guys or guys made good plays. So it it was a pitchers duel in the score box, but it was a uh, it was a there was a lot of offense. For not, so I, you know, I look. I, I like the tight games, the clean, the, the clean, well played games. But the deeper you get into the postseason, the more you know football type scores you have, just because of you know diminished pitching. But yeah. that Friday night game clip, that was as that was as good a college baseball game as I've seen in an awful long time. Molly, Mike Mullis joining us, Pirate Radio Live Line. Molly, we'll catch up with you next week, recap the supers, and uh, talk more sports with you, man. Awesome, buddy. Thank you, dude. There he is. Mike Mullis joining us today on the Pirate Radio Live Line. We'll keep the baseball talk going and uh, talk about some future Pirates and an opportunity to watch some uh, live baseball coming up Monday at Clark LeClaire Stadium. Matt Hamlet from the Dirtbags organization joins us when we return. Pirate Radio Live on a Tuesday. Back with you after this. Desmond has to power when the market the singer in a band Desmond says to Molly girl I like your face and Molly says it's as she takes him by the hand 
You're listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by University PC Care, your local tech support experts for all your business needs. Let University PC Care take care of it so you can take care of business. Visit universitypccare.com to learn more today. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Do you need custom t-shirts, apparel, or promotional items for your business, organization, or event? Well, keep it local and print it local with University Sportswear. Contact them today at universitysportswearenc.com, the official sportswear provider of Pirate Radio. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip. Back with you, Pirate Radio Live on a Tuesday. Robert Skipper on YouTube. Hey. He asked me, uh, he said, Clip, talk to your online friends. Um, age, sex, location. <laughs> <laughs> hey, online friends. How we doing today? What else do you ask your online friends? What are y'all doing at this moment? ASL. Besides listening to us. ASL. Uh, hello, Robert. Hello, What's everyone. What's dinner plans tonight for everybody? Well, it's everybody eating tonight on well, a Tuesday what's, night. What's on the dinner menu tonight? I don't know. It's Tuesday. On. What do you think you're having for dinner? Taco Tuesday. Real quick, I went to uh, AJ's last night. I got nachos and I got chips and queso. Ooh. And then I went to the grocery store. And I got the 90-second rice, like Spanish-style rice, mm. and Ricerone. tortillas, and enchilada sauce. And I put the nachos in tortillas to try to do like a crunch wrap supreme type thing and put the enchilada sauce. It, it, it was great. I was, had that, a, had, was that what you had for lunch? Yeah. I had uh, the it smelled good. Yeah, it was. It was... Uh, so great uh great aj's meal and i elevated it a little bit yeah i uh i picked out at aj's last night when i first got there i was hungry so i got the by the way folks if you haven't tried it yet at aj's the santa fe chicken salad is really good i get extra chicken i get an extra cup of ranch and some buffalo sauce uh really good salad i had that i stuck around for a little bit for open mic night listened to some people play then i was like i'm hungry again I'm going to need something when I get home. Mm-hmm. So I got a buffalo chicken wrap with a side of fries mm. to uh, for a nightcap at the house. And Good move. Great. We'll be uh, at AJ's Wednesday night for sports trivia. Robert says, Clip ignores his friends. Well, if that's the case, why did I just read that dumb comment, Robert? Whoa. I didn't say he was dumb. Looky here. I said the comment was dumb. Robert's having chitlins tonight. Enjoy. Mm, delicious. Can't say that I ever had that. Ooh, Todd's cooking homemade spaghetti sauce. Dang. I kind of want that now. Just got to make sure I got enough Tums to get me through the night. Tum, tum, Tums. But man, spaghetti sounds good. Marshall Mathers like mom spaghetti, although he did vomit on his sweater. Of course. Why would okay, he? Eminem. Why would he admit that in a song? because he's a dog <laughs> because he's a storyteller ah i see i wish there was good a podcast called storytellers that good i could listen pl- to but, there's, but there. there's not so we'll move on man <laughs> someone should come up with that i know but nobody has so uh don't not so fast my friend so we need to talk about it well why are we why are we going to talk about a podcast that doesn't exist all right, can't Shirley, can we got Matt Hamlet. Can we get Matt Hamlet real quick? Yes. And then 
We'll discuss. Okay, we'll discuss if we can discuss it. Uh, we got baseball coming up Monday, folks, at Clark LeClaire Stadium. It'll be the Dirtbags and the Evo Shield Canes getting together. Uh, awesome prospects, and a lot of future Pirates will be involved, and we'll talk about it now with the coach from the Dirtbags organization, Matt Hamlet. Matt, appreciate your time. How you doing today, man? Doing great, Cliff. Thanks for having me, man. I'm excited to talk about this game and uh, my baseball team. So I'm excited to chat with you about that. Yeah, well, first, uh, let's get to know you a little bit, Matt. Uh, tell us about yourself, your your background in baseball, and, and how you got to be where you are today with the Dirtbags organization. Sure. So in high school, actually, I uh, I played for Andy Barton, who is the owner of the Dirtbags. That was back in, oh, man, like 2005, 2006. And, um, I love my time with Andy. I owe a lot to him. Uh, he helped me get to school. I played my baseball at Boston College. Um, played there from 2007 to 2011 and um, decided to get into coaching. And um, Andy reached out to me one day to, to come over and, and coach for the Dirt Pags, and here I am now. The rest is history. That's awesome. And when you're coaching with an organization like this, Matt, is it – it's about improving the player. It's how much is it is putting a team together, scouting. So, how much are you involved in when it comes to coaching? I'm sure it's a lot more than filling out a lineup card on game day. So, what all uh, do you do there? For sure. So, um, for the younger age groups, we typically go by a team and whoever's coaching what age group. I'm, I'm with the 17 year national team here moving forward, but Trey Daly and Hunter Ridge do a great job of putting together rosters for the national teams and the other teams in the organization but I've as I've taken over this new national team I've kind of been given free reign to bring in the players that um, that I want to bring in and um, I get a chance to see some of them play and see some video on some of them and get referrals from you know whether it be college coaches or um, anyone around the country that, that's around these guys and uh, that's typically how we fill out our teams and uh, to your point, making them better, that's a huge part of it. And we don't have an opportunity to get with these guys, you know, seven days a week like their high school program. Yeah. So what we rely on is, you know, heavy communication with the kids while they're um, in their school ball season, during the off season, just kind of tracking what they're doing. But a lot of the development for these guys comes from um, playing big-time competition. And um, that's what we try to do. We don't shy away from anything. We play the toughest schedule in the country. And uh, we let these guys go get after it. And a lot of our coaching and our development comes in game, post-game. You know, if we're at a tournament, we kind of get with the guys. and um, Maybe train a little bit with them if we have some free time, but not try to wear them out too much. So the competition level is really what gets these guys ready to go play in college or go play pro ball. Talking to Matt Hamlet, Dirtbags Baseball. So the game is, uh, or the games, coming up on June the 12th. So that's Monday. Is that correct, Matt? That's correct. Okay. And uh, I see here it's Dirtbags versus uh, Canes National 17 under team slash New York Mets scout team. So <laughs> how about the opponent and and this, uh, what, what's the Mets scout team? What's that all about? Uh, well, just a, a major league baseball affiliated uh, group. So reaches out to um, the Canes and, um, you know, allows them, basically they wear their jerseys. They get some of the perks from, okay. um, from the Mets and, you know, some coaching and just some other things that come along with it. It's a cool thing. When they wear their Mets uniforms and stuff like that, it's pretty cool to see. 
Yeah, yeah, that is cool. Uh, talking to Matt Hamlet today, as you can catch uh, some great baseball at Clark Leclerc Stadium coming up on Monday. Uh, how many, you got any dirt bags on this roster that are commits or guys being looked at by East Carolina right now, Matt? Absolutely. So um, I currently have five on the active roster um, that will be playing on the 12th. Um, we had a six. Uh, Cameron Acock, um, who's dealing with an injury right now, and I'm bummed he can't be with us this summer, but we're going to get him back in the fall. We're excited to have him. Um, and I can run th- run through some of those names if you want me to and, and give you a description of some of the guys that, you know, our yeah. night nation might see out there on the field on the 12th. Yeah, sure. Uh, who, who are we looking at? Who are we uh, keeping an eye on on Monday? I'll start with, uh, with Holden Cooper, who is uh, from Wakefield High School in North Carolina. Um, Holden's kind of a utility guy that can do everything. Awesome kid, awesome personality, big time energy. Um, kid's got a lot of power. Um, and I actually plan on the 12th. I told Holden the other day, I'm like, man, I right in front of your school, I think I'm gonna play to all nine positions because that's really something he can do. He can <laughs> catch, he can play the middle infield and go out in the outfield and play, and he can get on the mound if you need him to. Holden is a really special player. Um, and I'm really excited to have him. He's really coachable and. I really look forward to having him this summer. Um, another one is Austin Irby from Virginia Beach out of Cox High School. And um, big time, big time bat. Big time bat. Left-handed hitter. Um, can lead the yard in any count. He's one of the most pure hitters I've ever seen in high school baseball. Um, plays on the corner infield and uh, can play some corner outfield. And, and the bat is real. Pirate Nation is going to love to see that guy leaving the yard there at uh, Clark Leclerc. So. Awesome. Yeah, that's great uh, to have some future uh, Pirates uh, taking part in the game coming up on Monday. And talked to Trey Daly not that long ago. Long lineage of dirtbags uh, here to East Carolina and the, the other great institutions, great baseball clubs here around the state and around the country. But pretty good uh, dirtbags to ECU Pipeline over the years, Matt. No question. No question. And actually, in the second game, Cliff, we're going to have um, in the second game of the doubleheader, we're going to have three Pirates on the mound, three future Pirates on the mound wow. that Kane's national team. Joe Mascaro at IMG, who's, um, man, has he made a huge jump this year. He's got some special stuff. Uh, excited to see him go up there. Tyler Brashear out of Pennsylvania, um, who's another big-time arm, big-time secondary stuff, and just a, the ultimate competitor. And then Ian White out of Pennsylvania, who I actually had a chance to coach at camp in East Carolina. I was helping out. And, um, he pitched for me, and the Pirates offered him right after camp. And he's got a big-time slider, big-time fastball. It's going to be really exciting for, for um, you know, Pirate fans and Greenville to be able to see these guys take them out against an opponent like that. Uh, but, it's, yeah, as far as the pipeline goes, it's, it's special, man. I mean, some, some of the biggest contributors this year were dirtbags. It's so fun to watch them go out there and play. So that's coming up Monday, and that is free admission. There's a game at noon. There's a game at 3 o'clock. You can watch it right there in the friendly confines of Clark LeClaire Stadium. Matt, uh, I try to kind of wrap my head around this whole showcase baseball deal and, and just the enormity of it, and you've got so many teams, so many players involved. So how about just your group uh, specifically? How many stadiums uh, are you going to see this year? How many games? You know, What's the, the schedule like for you specifically this summer? Sure. So the games, the amount of games comes down to obviously winning. And so the more you win, the more games you play. 
Um, we're going to play all over the country. The first weekend, we're going to be in Raleigh, and then um, we're going to play at Elon. We're going to play at uh, NC State, and then we're going to play at East Carolina on uh, on Monday in those two games. And then uh, the following weekend, we head down to West Palm Beach to play at the um, the Nationals and Astros uh, spring training facility down there um, to play against the top 10 organizations in the country. The Canes will be there as well. Um so we'll get to see those guys before we head down there. And uh, that's a special event. And that's through four age groups in each organization. Um, then we head to Nashville for a future stars. We'll play games at Vanderbilt, Lipscomb, some of those schools around there. And then um, we'll head to PG Elite down at Hoover, um, the home of the SEC tournament. Um, and we'll play a tournament down there. And then we'll head to Atlanta for the Worldwide Bat where we wrap up our summer. So I'd say probably, you know, we'll, we'll land somewhere between uh, 30 to 40 games, and it's a lot of baseball for these guys, and it's, it's, it's a quick turnaround in between games. So we'll play two, three games, possibly a day. And uh, it's a grind on these guys, but it gets them ready to, you know, face that grind that they face in college baseball. Talking to Matt Hamlet from the Dirtbags, joining us today on Pirate Radio Live. Matt, we uh, just saw my alma mater uh, lose in the uh, the regionals to Virginia. Uh, good year for your BC Eagles, though, right? Uh, got into a regional, made some noise, and uh, they had a solid year this year before it came to an end. Man, that was fun to watch. Oh, so fun to see them lose. They needed that one. Um, but what a year. What a group they had. They had some down the stretch. They had some uh, unfortunate injuries. Uh, they got a a future first, second rounder that went down, um, you know, two weeks before the NCAA tournament. And I think that really hurt them, but they gave it all they had. They got there in face Alabama in the regional championship and ended up coming up short, but I, I'm certainly proud of them. And, um, it was, it was exciting to watch. And I followed East Carolina as much as I followed Boston college. So I got a chance to watch that regional. Man, that was, that was a special regional to watch. And I tell you, uh, Coaching staff does does a great job of getting these guys to buy into what they're trying to do, and um, it's such a fun group to watch because they play together and they play such a different style, and it's it's exciting baseball. And um, watching them go toe to toe with UVA, who I played against for years, you know, was awesome to see too. And um, I could I can't say enough about the pitching staff holding that offense down. That's one of the top offenses in the country, and. That pitching staff for East Carolina is really special this year. Austin Knight's done an incredible job with those guys. Um, to hold him down for 15 innings yeah. before UVA could finally break free was really impressive. Yeah, just some uh, some great performances by, you know, Trey Savage uh, over the weekend, but Danny Beal was huge, Garrett Saylor, the freshman Zach Root. Uh, a lot of great performances by the Pirates. Something to uh, certainly look forward to with uh, Root and Savage and those guys for next season. Looking at it, Matt, right now, uh, you're going to have an ACC team in Omaha. Virginia and Duke will meet in the uh, Charlottesville Super Regional. Also, Wake Forest still alive as well. A lot of SEC uh, still alive. And then a couple of... Uh, Underdog, certainly with Oral Roberts, major underdog there uh, in the Eugene Regional against Oregon. And then Indiana State, really good team, not one of the big boys, quote-unquote. They'll be taking on TCU. Southern Miss still alive against Tennessee. So pretty decent mix, I guess, Matt, of traditional powerhouses, big boys, and uh, you still got a few underdogs left as well. Isn't that crazy? It's so it's, it's fun to see some of these Cinderella stories that come about because the season is dominated it feels like by these top conferences. And then, you know, you get into regional play and a few things bounce the, 
the way of the underdog, and all of a sudden, man, they end up in Omaha, and it's 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 been an awesome tournament to watch. Um, I think we have some really great teams that are remaining. I couldn't give you my pick for who's going to win it all because, like I said, it's just whoever gets hot at the right time. And see a team like Oral Roberts, and I'm sitting here thinking to myself, like, why can't they win? You know, do things go their way? They could. You never know. So college baseball is so crazy with the the ups and downs and roller coasters of the season. As soon as the team gets hot at the end of the year, just like we saw with Tulane getting through, I think they had something like, I don't know, something like 16 to 18 wins going in the conference tournament, somehow pull it off and, and get into the NCAA tournament. It's just get, about getting hot at the right time. Talking to Matt Hamlet, Dirtbags Baseball, as you can catch the Dirtbags in action. Man, some awesome talent, some future pirates, some future stars of tomorrow will be on the field. If you need to get your baseball fix coming up Monday at Clark LeClaire Stadium, game at noon, game at three. Uh, so a couple of opportunities to see some awesome baseball. Free admission uh, at Clark LeClaire Stadium on Monday. So, Matt, uh, what's uh, your summer's full of baseball, right? So, uh, I don't know, what's, a, what's an average week like? for you as far as uh, what you do with the dirtbags? Sure. So I actually work in the finance industry. Uh, so my, my work uh, consists of being at my desk until it's time to get <laughs> baseball. And, uh, you know, I love it. Um, I love it. I love being around the guys. And, um, I love teaching the game. I love baseball. and um, So I wouldn't trade it for anything. And you know, My vacation is spent uh, going to these tournaments and and uh, it's so enjoyable to go out there and you know be around some competitive, uh, some competitive players and some competitive tournaments, and it's a blast, man. I have a, I have a blast with it. That's cool. Uh, in the professional world, and still doing the thing you love, being involved in baseball. And Matt, uh, still a young guy, obviously. So uh, I don't know what what does your future hold in the game of baseball. I mean, you want to just uh, stick with what you're doing here? Do you have any goals to to coach in high school, college, professionally, or you just kind of one day at a time here? One day at a time for me. Um, you know, that's that's a lot of that's going to be decided by my wife, right? So, like, uh, I hear you. You know, if an opportunity came up, I'd have to run it through the quarterback and see what she says. But, um, you know, I, th- I think right now it's, it's it's so much fun being around these young guys and getting them ready to play in, in, in college and uh, and challenging them. Um, I'm having a blast doing that. If something were to come about, it would have to be the right situation. Uh, you never know. You really never know what happens. Um, made a lot of connections in this, uh, in this field and, um, you know, We'll see what happens down the line. All right. Uh, one more time, we'll uh, recap and, and let people know what's going on on Monday. So it'll be the Dirtbags in action against the Canes and uh, some guys from the Mets scout team. So some awesome talent on the field at Clark LeClaire Stadium. For folks that want to see some live baseball, uh, Matt, what can they expect coming up on Monday? This is going to be the best high school baseball you can find in the country. There's no question about this. These two teams are probably two of the top five teams in the country, if not two of the, the best teams in the country. And, um, you know, I, it's going to just be talent just on display. Um, you're going to get to see some guys that are coming into East Carolina. You're going to get to see some guys that will play against East Carolina. And, I, you know, I definitely recommend if you, if you love baseball and you want an opportunity and, um, to, to see some really, really, really good competitive ball, uh, get out there to Clark LeClaire and go check it out. We take BP on the field at 1030, um, so you get a chance to see some of that. and um, It's going to be special out there. I think people are going to be pretty amazed. A lot of these guys are 
are, are, are borderline ready to compete in college baseball right now. It is a special, it's two special groups out there, um, two, two groups that really play the right way and play really hard. And then on the, on the other side of things, two huge rivals travel ball. Awesome. Uh, and all, it's all happening right here in our backyard at Clark LeClaire Stadium coming up Monday. Beginning uh, Game begins at noon. You can go check out BP beforehand at Clark LeClaire. Well, Matt, uh, great talking to you for the first time, man. We'll keep in touch and do it again down the road. Good luck this uh, upcoming Monday and uh, throughout your summer, and we'll catch up uh, with you again sometime. I appreciate it, Cliff. Thanks for having me, man. Awesome show. Love listening to you. Appreciate that. Thank you, Matt. Matt Hamlin joining us on the Pirate Radio Live Line. It'll be the uh, Dirtbags and the Canes going at it coming up Monday at Clark LeClaire Stadium. Go watch some uh, great baseball talent, maybe some stars of tomorrow and some future Pirates on the diamond as well. All right, let's take a break. We'll come back, wrap up hour number two, get you ready for hour number three with Bryce Williams when we return on Pirate Radio Live. Back with you after this. Wasting all my time Cause when you're standing oh so near listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by University PC Care, your local tech support experts for all your business needs. Let University PC Care take care of it so you can take care of business. Visit universitypccare.com to learn more today. Now, back to the show. Welcome back for the latest breaking news, interesting stories, and awesome contests that can make you a winner. Be sure to follow Pirate Radio on our social media on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at PR927FM. Join the well over 63,000 followers today. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip. We're talking about podcasts a moment ago. Chad on Facebook said, speaking of podcasts, when do we get more uh, true crime with Clip and Judy? Um, soon. Crime time, we did call it. Which I'm not married to the name. but You're married to Judy. Correct. We have discussed quite a bit on uh, now that baseball's over, we're going to have more time, more crime time, (laughs) of doing some episodes this summer. So be on the lookout for that. Maybe it's too too fresh, and maybe it was way too mentioned i guess but you can always do the murdoch investigation yeah that's a that's a crazy one a lot of layers to that onion yeah a lot of layers to that old onion but once you have time specifically crime time uh y'all should do one on the murdoch case all right thank you for your suggestion we'll take those any other podcasts maybe coming around i don't think so uh not so fast my friend anyone we can talk about or not um i mean we could talk about it the um i'm actually going to be working on it tomorrow so shirley rhodes um gonna be coming out with a podcast available for you to download soon yes um it's called storytellers and it's based off the old adage that everybody has a story to tell and i'm going to be highlighting some people around in the local area that you may know and i'm going to uh my inaugural podcast will feature uh and a very good friend of mine that I have known for a very, very long time. We went to high school together. We went to college together. Um, but uh, Amy Gardner, who is the uh, head softball coach at Pitt Community College, will be my first 
uh, guests for storytellers. And uh, so we're going to work on that tomorrow. And then I will be able to give you a date sometime in the next day or two, um, hopefully, uh, get it all put together, and then it'll be ready for download soon. Storytellers. Storytellers. Everyone has a story to tell. Everyone has a story, and I find some people have a very interesting paths in life uh, where they start out one way, and uh, you know they kind of uh, go in a different direction for you know whether it be you know uh, adversity or you know of their choosing and. I just find that there are some people that have very interesting paths to where they are now. And I think, you know, uh, people should talk about it. All so right. not, that's not, what we're going to do. Not that I'm interesting, but can I be a guest on the podcast? One no. Day? <laughs> Former long snapper Chandler Honeycutt. <laughs> Why did long he, snapper turned co-host. Why did he take this path that he's on? Yeah. Chandler. Um, Why didn't you follow in your parents' footsteps and run a restaurant? Mm, good question. Mm. You know those, what? Foot, those footsteps didn't start late. In, in, I haven't until introduced you yet, sir. You're not on. <laughs> those those uh, restaurant footsteps didn't start until I was a senior in high school. My mother uh, was a teacher. My dad was a farmer. That's right. I forgot about that. Your Chandler, mom did tell me she was a teacher. If you were to start a podcast at, at Pirate Radio, what would be the topic? What would be the subject? What would be the, the title? Um. What are you interested in? Chats with Chan. Chan chat. Chan chat. <laughs> chan chat. And what would you do on this show? Chat. I would have, uh, you know, Chan Chan would chat. Ooh, I might could have like uh, former communications alumni and talk about what they would, what they're doing. Okay. Life. All right. I like that. Something different. Uh, Shirley. Yes, sir. Can you hit the uh, the B and D for me, real quick? The B and D. Well, it's a cover of B and D. It's C and C. I saw the light, I was baptized by the fire in your touch and the flame in your eyes. I'm born to love again, I'm a brand new man. Bryce Williams is in the house. I'm here. I am here. Uh Uh-oh, what's that? Huh? Got a little... Oh, no. Congestion? No? Did not feel good. All right, you're He's good. Fine. He's here. fine. Bryce, if you were to start a podcast, you were the host of it, creator. It could be about any topic you want. We know some of your uh, hobbies and things like that. But what what would you like to talk about with folks? Well, probably you could probably guess it. Uh, hunting, fishing, yeah, would be Loving one. Everything. If it wasn't hunting and fishing, I think you should actually do that. I think hmm. it should. I think that's it. That's your Let podcast. Me just hunting and fishing. Before we move on to your, if it wasn't that, and like, it should be called hunting and fishing. Yeah, with Bryce. With, and no G's on those words either. No, hunting, uh, fishing. Uh, if if you did that, like I'm thinking, you could talk to the pros out there. Like that would be interesting. But also yeah. like local, like Ham and Eggers out there, just going out there on the yeah. weekends, yeah. like. I would. I think it'd be interesting. Yeah, you're, yeah, you're a Saturday sportsman. Mm-hmm. You know, the people who are working during the middle of the week. The weekend warriors. Dur- yeah, well, that's what I was looking. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I was looking for. Was weekend warriors just sort of, um, you know, see. I guess what time of year is their favorite? You know, different you know tactics they like. Um, you know, you just pretty much their techniques, and you know, and I always I always get curious on, you know, well, what what 
you know, style rifles someone's shooting, what kind of bow are you shooting, you know, and just little things like that. Um, is what I like to bend people's ear with. All right. You can't do a podcast on sports or outdoors related stuff. What would you choose to do? I'm fascinated to hear this answer. Oh, what else are you interested in that you would like to talk to guests about or give your opinions on? Um, my I probably would be. Um, I'm thinking uh, I do enjoy like when you see like natural remedies like plants and stuff. Um, mom, my mom loves like the essential oil stuff. It's always unique. Hmm. Sort of used to hear what you know this certain type of oil can do this for you know some kind of illness or um, a rash or and then like what. Um, I'm definitely interested, you know, I like to eat, but I like to obviously know kind of what I'm eating, you know, like, well, this veggie has all these um, vitamins and, you know, benefit, pretty much the benefits of all different types of foods, you know, all the way Vegetation. From, yeah. Uh, vegetation. Interesting. I see, you know, I see things on Instagram, like somehow like dandelions, you can eat, make something like the a tea with the flower and then like you can eat the roots and the leaves, like a dandelion, you know, you see as a weed. But supposedly it's just this superfood. So um, that would probably be my, my podcast. That is, I mean, uh, that's intriguing. Yeah, I will check that out. The, uh, pretty much benefits of all sorts of food and superfoods and things you wouldn't expect. I would like to do one with Chandler where we watch. I'd like to do one where we watch Lost from the beginning and <laughs> and go over it. But also just any kind of like pop culture things he's missed in his sheltered life that's true and uh and just get your thoughts on it. i why think that would be fascinating a mustache you know yeah why why oh that's another one we could do chandler's dating update <laughs> yep yeah talk about dates um we could hook him up on a date recap it see how it blind went. date just hook chandler up on blind dates he doesn't and, even know but he has to go so like yeah it's the first episode we preview the date we get to know the the oh no we can't get to know him it's a blind date, right? So we'll we'll recap. Well, we get to know them, right? We, yeah, yeah. I was about to say, <laughs> y'all get to know them. I don't know. I, yeah. I'm not allowed yeah. to see it. All right. So, and what do we do? We give out a little bit of info on the date, or how do we say? Y'all, you do is say, be here at this table at this time, and voila. So there's yeah. like there's voila. a podcast called Scott hasn't seen one of my favorite comedians, Scott Aukerman, hasn't seen a lot of famous movies. So actually, like like we were talking about it a little bit, but they set it up beforehand they talk about what do you so what do you know about this movie then they stop recording he watches a movie and they come right back and he talks about it so we could like that would be cool we could set up um so what do we know about this this young lady and we give right. you a few things and then you actually go on the date and then we come back and recap it immediately yeah you, and get, see her, how it went. you get her name yeah and hair color that's it and age i guess what age or do we give it an age no totally blind i'd rather just have gotta go blind no name and hair color so we can somewhat this is eileen she's 62 years old (laughs) has gray hair oh man all right um that'd be interesting imagine being a fly on the wall or like if you should there be a camera crew or mike chandler up Oh, and we could be across the restaurant. Yeah. So Chandler's mic'd. Bryce and I have our own booth across the restaurant. We're doing play-by-play on it. Yeah. Kind of like the poker uh, tournaments where you're at the table and we're at another table. We can hear him, but he can't hear us. Right. All right, they just placed their orders. Uh, All right, Chandler's getting the steak. 
He went with that. That's a little heavy. Oh man, could That's be some flatulence. What did he just ask her? <laughs> <laughs> and we do get. Does he get timeouts or do we get timeouts to go talk to him? Like <laughs> time, time, time blue. 30, 30. We need 30 seconds. Chandler, yeah. it, it's hidden by restroom breaks. He goes to the bathroom like five times during the day. She's like, Are you okay? <laughs> I love this idea. Let's get this thing funded uh, and going. Restaurant would be the first one, I think. All right, uh, familiar because tonight the pizza of the week is the buffalo mm-hmm. chicken. Ooh. They have lost their minds at familiar. They are giving you this elite pizza, a large for twelve dollars. By the way, folks, this pizza is a large. It's more like a extra large because it's a big pizza, big pizza slices. It's basically half off with this. It's deal. twelve bucks. Yeah. It's twelve bucks for the pizza of the week. By the way, like Clipper said, buffalo chicken. It's really good. All right. Um, let's see. Eric wants to hear cold snack chats with Big Bryce. Oh, that's that pretty, good. pretty good. He wants to. Uh, he wants you to get Bill Dance on the show. Uh, is Bill Dance still alive? Uh oh. I think Bill Dance uh, passed away. Pretty sure. Let's we'll see. Is he still alive? Did Maybe Bryce just kill somebody? I believe Bill Dance is alive and well. Yeah. I feel like a fisherman passed away a while ago. Eighty-two years old, Bryce still hey, kicking. Like okay. Ah, dang. Bill Dance. Well, good. I'm I, glad he's still alive. Uh, what what school's hat does he wear, Bryce? Tennessee. And volunteers. Though. I loved watching Bill Dance. I, Man. Is he a good dancer? <laughs> I don't really know. You say you like don't to watch him. Don't dance. acknowledge You that. say you like to watch him Bill Dance. Oh, I do like watching Bill Dance. <laughs> You're <laughs> terrible. Uh, That's good. I do want to do a podcast, though, where I sit there and do, uh, just drink cold snacks. That'd be fun. Get hammered with my guest. Okay. You could do that. All right. And they, yeah, that would. I think that would be, be an interesting. Doug Benson do that every week. Maybe Doug, once a week. Doug Benson had a podcast called "Getting Dave with High," where he would just get high with his guests and they would talk. I didn't really find it that interesting, but interesting. it's been done. Yeah, you can do it. Bryce, I got to tell you, man, I had fun on Friday night. I did. I feel like I was just here. Yeah. And, uh, did you have fun, Bryce? I did have a good time. It was nice. We enjoyed. We watched some baseball. Off. We hung out. We, um, oh yeah, ate, we some ate some good food. You had the waffle burger. Waffle burger from Tiebreakers. That salad, of course. I would have loved to have some onion rings or tater tots. Trying to be more so on the healthy, but lucky me, Brandon Manning had the loaded tots. That's right, and pizza. So yeah. He, he treated me well for our first date. Kind of a blind date for you, and uh, glad was. we could finally connect you two together. I didn't know he was coming. I thought I was just going to be the trio here. Well, I didn't either until that afternoon, which you heard. He was upset. I didn't get him any tiebreakers. So he and is, he was uh, upset at the seventh inning with me. Yeah. Um, you know what? I put together a few clips from the other night <laughs> just to relive it. So it was like a four-hour video. I didn't... I guess I could have put more time and effort and found exactly everything I was looking for, but I just I spent about 30 minutes today just putting this together. So let's hear a recap of Friday night's watch party with myself, Chan Man, Big Bryce, and B-Man. How about um, Mark McGuire calling out um, uh, King Griffey Jr. this week? Why? Wow. Well, they, they was talking about uh, everybody was using them, everybody was doing it. Uh, he said, unless you wore your hat backwards uh, and they threw your test away, everybody would got in trouble Ooh. for it. And Mark McGuire said that. I was like, well, that was on, I saw it on Facebook today, matter of fact. Wow. Uh. 
And, you know, he didn't say a name, but... Well, he didn't need to. He said, but if you look cool and wear your hat backwards, you didn't get in trouble. I'm like, that's interesting. Can we go Shaq? No, it was King Griffey Jr. <laughs> I'm locked in, Brandon. <laughs> I'm in watch long mode. Yeah. We'll keep up. Enough of, enough of the sidebars. <laughs> oh, come on. Get up the middle. Yes, sir. Woo! There we go. If you want sidebars, right down the street. <laughs> Get geared up, hit it. Ah, oh, look, see again, again he's pitching. Tight, tight. It is tight, baby. I he is that pitching backwards. No, no, that he was too low. That arm, too low. he's tight. Again, that that guy's pitching backwards. He does he not want to throw out. a fastball. Let's go, get loud, baby. He Come threw on. He a 2-0 off-speed pitch right there. Now he has to throw a fastball for a strike, and Star Bob may have play. the green light. Yeah. Hey, he's in his head. Take him out. Pirates lead. Pirates keep lead. Man, I guess. I guess you want to keep him, man. In your head. In your head. We are fighting. Steve says, where's the listener interaction, fellas? Listener interaction. <laughs> hey. One Hi, one, Steve. Two. I'm focused on this baseball game. Chandler's locked in a in. mood right now. He's locked. He's tapping in. in. I'm locked in, boys. Chris and Tyler giving out. Oh, do a job here. Do oh, a yeah. job here. That's what I'm Wait, Let's go. Let's go, baby. What happened there? That's just as good as a bunt right there. That's a little slipperoo, Bryce. A little slipperoo. Uh, hey, like I said, third? really all we need is a little deep something, ground ball. Something to the right side. side. That's right. Does that come off as an error? It, he was, he uh, no, there was nothing. So. There was Oh, is it because he slipped? You can't just hold it like, what? I would say he Keep your footing, man. Did you really? No, that's a hit. Because okay. he, ne- he, he never made it. Throw. I mean, that's, no, that's, that's a hit. I mean, so now say he actually, say the ball slips out of his hands. Dennis Ayer. Dennis Ayer. But it never left his hands. Never left his hands and his glove never booted. The ball didn't really ground. Seven-year-olds? Obviously, yeah. <laughs> if he would have dropped it. Come on, Matt. <laughs> no double plays right here, bud. Chandler's run in. Little, he's in the line. You got to be careful. I right know. Now. My bad. So if Amat. He's, he's had a situation. If, I know. Yep. If, if I we can get Amat to stay through a pitch right Dawson said Chandler is pure comedy. You are comedy personified. You are not cheeks. Well, I'm going to... How about how many pitches? Oh, look at oh, oh, Snack Boy it. over he's here. Look at all the They're there. Go They're there. It, They're there. God, y'all scared Because I was, a, I was a team player, and I, I got, got enough excited. for everybody. I'm sorry. I got sorry, excited. I was a team player and got enough for everybody, so you can have some. Well, the, the sum right. is... That so means I can... Right Brandon. I'm confused. I am sick of no, something. No, no. Bryce is a nice guy, but we're going to drag him into this. We're going to have to take our. He's taller. I go for the. Can you say something? mean I can finish it. Yeah, is that what that means? Finish it. And there's some pizza in there. Goodness gracious. We're going to have Bryce Williams kick your ass. And we're going to enjoy it. We're going to like it. On Facebook. I want to ask everybody in the comment section who else is drunk. Raise your hand. Wait, did Brandon just slip? Brandon just slip? Man down! <laughs> Brandon, you got in there? Is it really 7 nothing? Thank you for the scoreboard update. I didn't know it had got that, that bad for these. Damn three beers in the door that were like clutch, superstitious beers. They're gone. Oh! Hey, man! <laughs> Wait, what? The superstitious beers? The, the superstitious beers. Uh, break them. Oh, no. Well, look, look, we're up 7 nothing though. Okay, I'm so confused. Wait a second, there should have been a side on those. I'm new to this game. They weren't in the box. 
<laughs> Come on, guys. We're breaking down here. We got to right, stick together. Yeah, we got to stick. It together. was an accident. It's uh, fine. It's, it's fine. Hey, tell Hannah to burn your shirt now. <laughs> now. Do it now. We're not. We're not going. We're not going. I was like, wait a second. I guess Taylor just has some extras. Let me just. You took the sacred superstitious beers, bro. What a rookie move. Look, hey, he's a rookie. Did you notice they weren't all the same brand in the picture? Hey, wait a minute! Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Yeah, look, Brandon's in the middle of 90 seconds. Seven minutes story. So anyway, you could call in on Friday nights. Yeah. And he would say, uh, PCTV, this is such and such. And like all the immature middle schoolers would oh, be yeah. like, this we is, were like too this young is, to drink. This is Long Wayne. This so is Long Wayne. Can I yeah. can I get a, see a clip about man, this? I remember this guy called in one time and they were talking about a running back from like North Pitt or something, and he was like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." yeah. So I, I know Demetrius can run the ball, <laughs> but can he run my balls? <laughs> and I remember it as clear. <laughs> and they quickly hung up on him, and we were watching, and we were like, "Oh yeah, run my." <laughs> the greatest thing ever. So Demetrius Meatball Heath uh, could have played football at ECU, but he played baseball in. Nobody baseball. cares about these local Dude. references. Great guy, great football player. Great. You talked about. I him. know who he is. Yes. <laughs> I know, but great. he's still now he's moved back to Bethel. <laughs> okay. Great guy. <laughs> Tell us more about Jimmy. He's Aaron. an Eastern North North Carolina legend. He's an Eastern North, North Carolina, Carolina legend. legend. Oh no! Oh no! In this game, together, interesting. And the evens are back. The evens, no, they didn't score. They didn't score. They didn't score. The evens evens are looking at third base saying, "Score your ass." There's a chance. Uh, Ay ay ay. We have gone all year long, and I think that is Joshua Costas, maybe first throwing error. Yeah, we've had a lot of those third strikes. What did you just call him? Joshua Costas. I did say that. <laughs> I, I thought I heard that weird. I, I thought I was go. like, either I'm he drunk did, or he just said that wrong. Out though. Joshua Cox. Gosh. Yeah, he called it like one name. Like he's <laughs> Joshua Cox. <laughs> Joshua Cox. <laughs> Come on, Joshua Cox. Boy, things really broke down there towards the end. That is single-handedly the most chaotic six and a half minutes I have ever heard in my life. It was that for four hours. One of the most like, fun I am watch-alongs so, I've done. I don't know how... I'm so glad I left 30 minutes into it. <laughs> things got messy when you left. <laughs> I love Brandon, all Brandon's local references he did. Oh my God, it's like so annoying. People I've like, Which I enjoy, because Brandon and I, I'm right. two years older than Brandon. I knew him my whole life know his dad is like but nobody cares about that stuff but i don't know that that, i was getting irritated by a lot of things but it was all in fun like it was it was a blast i don't know how y'all out there enjoy it but thank you yeah i guess they like looking at us being idiots or something do you have just the uh the other thing i saved um the brandon um i saved it in the folder i can't remember what it's called Superstitious beers, I think. Okay, the, uh, let me the, see if I can find it. Superstitious, superstitious beers. Brandon, the terror in his voice, and he like was jumping up and down. It was like oh, he was crying. Is. Yeah, yeah. See, okay, here we. I got it. Hit it. Superstitious beers. D- d- superstitious beers. <laughs> superstitious beers. <laughs> like he was beside himself. <laughs> so Bryce, I guess saw some um, some stragglers in the door, and was I, just like, "Hey, yeah, plop, exactly." Boop. Those are the first ones I grabbed too. Yeah, I saw I'm not gonna pull out of the case yet. I might as well just get these randos. And oh look, another night, you know, I just he should have put a sign on the door. 
you know that's yeah all or at least done a team meeting beforehand right like, hey, guys. So brandon hey now i know you know yeah it you, worked out that night uh yeah the pirates were up seven nothing at the time they ended up winning the game pretty rather easily so uh we didn't need the superstitious beers unfortunately bryce beers. superstitious beers Superstitious beers. Beers. The That's the best part about it. A grown man crying about his superstitious beers. I was thinking either he's beside himself or he did like I did in the open where your brain just all of a sudden jumps his tracks and there's an audible sound. (laughs) Superstitious beers. (laughs) And then he didn't know what to say, so he just repeated it. Oh, yeah. Superstitious beers. <laughs> I think that's the part that I think that's pretty funny. He was all flustered. Oh, that was a lot of fun on uh Friday. Bryce, the Pirates lost on Saturday. They won on uh Sunday early afternoon and we mm-hmm. came right back here Sunday night and buddy it was looking good for a while. And the Pirates came up short and their season came to an end. Yeah, that was uh that was a bummer. We took the long road to get to where we wanted to go. You know, I guess it's a bummer you got to play, what, two? Well, we could have taken the shortcut. The shortcut. But we lost on Saturday. Yeah. On Saturday. We took yeah. the scenic route. The loser yeah, of that, you're, it's great to be in that position on Saturday, to be mm. in the winner's bracket. Yeah. But the loser of that game really has an uphill battle from there yeah. on out. You have to play at 12 noon. Then you got to play the, the winner of that Saturday game twice. You got to beat them twice. So. Uh. Uh, just an uphill battle that the Pirates yes, cannot was. complete. Mm. Well, Bryce, I'm going to go ahead and tell you to clear your schedule for one Saturday this fall because we got to get you Please. in here for a football game. That'll that should be a good one. Where you, uh, I don't know, you a little more, uh, a little more into it, maybe. Yeah. Where you got a little more stake in it, a little more skin there, in the game. There, yeah, the football game. You still kind of take it personal at times, like yeah. when something happens to a pirate yeah. on the football field. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, I, I definitely enjoyed the baseball, but I couldn't fully relax. I mean, like I said, I had a great time, but you know, Brandon's a baseball guy. You know? Yeah. But now football, that'll be a, that'll be a good one. Yeah, uh, we we can. have the same scenario. <laughs> But it'll just be football. And Same yeah, setting. I want to see with you logged into a game and you're getting kind of upset because it ain't going your way, and you got Brandon making local references. I want to see how <laughs> you handle that. I want to see you snap on him. Yeah. <laughs> Could very well happen. All right, let's take a break. We'll come back. More to go. Bryce Williams will uh, catch you up on the news of the day in the sports world. We got to go Pirate Radio Outdoors and more of your comments. Uh, on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter. You can chime in to the program. More to go. Pirate Radio Live back with you after this. You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Are you ready and pre-approved if the home you want to purchase comes for sale today? Integrity Home Mortgage offers a wide variety of programs ranging from conventional, government, and portfolio loans 
Plus Construction and Lot Loans. The Integrity Home Mortgage Team of Talbot Green, Braxton Green, and Joanne Weir offers over 50 years of experience and is committed to providing you with the superior customer service you deserve. Call them today at 252-714-2076. Integrity Home Mortgage, Pirates Supporting Pirates. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip. Back with you, Pirate Radio Live. Man, I remember that was a blast from the past. There was an old highlight on a blooper, baseball blooper video of an infielder blowing a ball foul that was rolling down the third baseline. Oh, I remember that one, yeah. And they called it foul. I guess Alex Manoa, a pitcher for the Blue Jays, tried to do it last night but failed. He's a heftier guy. He didn't have enough. Uh, yeah, he was going more. It looked like his angle wasn't good. He needed to be more level yeah, with the ball. He was more yeah, down. And you need some lung capacity yeah. for that. So if your lung capacity is not where it needs mm, to be. Bad technique. Uh, we're trying to get the crew together for uh, a football watch along. Bryce is in for a game this year. Brandon Manning on Facebook said... Um, He'll join us, and he says he will eat your meal this time, Bryce, and drink your superstitious beers. Superstitious beers? Superstitious beers? Superstitious beers! (laughs) I don't know, but like I said, we have to keep the same. Everything has to be the same because we won. Sorry, Brandon. So, Brandon, it's got to be what it is. Once again, you get no tiebreakers from us. Uh You have to order your own pizza and Todd's, and Bryce gets to drink your superstitious superstitious beers. beers. (laughs) Superstitious beers? Superstitious beers. Sorry, those are the the rules. Those are the rules. You want the Pirates to win, right? Exactly. I mean, that's what happened, and (laughs) that's my superstition. Oh, B-Man. That was fun, hanging out with the uh, the crew on Friday night, and we'll uh, do some of that during the upcoming football and basketball seasons as well. All right. um, What's going on on the Buccaneer Music Hall scoreboard presented by DeBuck? We got nothing tonight but baseball because we had – hockey last night correct i didn't watch it uh monday night the golden knights put up a touchdown on the panthers they beat the panthers seven to two to take a two nothing series lead game three of the nba finals coming up on wednesday night that series tied at one apiece between the heat and the nuggets so all you got tonight is baseball and we'll have some baseball for you on Pirate Radio as the Orioles take on the Brewers. And that game is in Milwaukee. At 7 o'clock. Milwaukee. Do you remember that? No. Do you remember? I like it. Uh, it was a, uh, a comedy. We talked about comedies from the 90s the other night, Bryce. Milwaukee. Milwaukee. Um, there was a. Do you remember this, Shirley? There was a rock star in a movie. Yes, it was from Wayne's World. It was. Who was the rock star? Alice Cooper correct well done millie walkay he explains where milwaukee got its name from and uh i want to say that was when wayne campbell says i was not aware of that that you are correct sir (laughs) that was i watched that That movie a a million times um i saw another movie bryce kind of recently that i popped on before bed this week i'd seen it before it seems like it'd be up your alley do you have you seen we're the millers or yes. Meet the Millers? Uh, is it We're uh, the Millers? I think it's We're... We're the Millers. Meet the Millers? Meet... I, I don't know. I have seen it, though. Jennifer Aniston. And, yeah. Uh, what's that? We're the Millers, 2013. We're the Millers. Is it Sudeikis? Jason Sudeikis. Yeah, Jason Sudeikis. That's a yeah. funny movie. That is a very funny movie. Yeah. I, I, I'm going to say uh, underrated. Yeah. I enjoyed it. Let's see what they gave it on uh, Rotten Tomatoes. I want to see the score. 
I wonder if they come up with the name Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, they gave it a 48%, but the audience a 78%. So huh. people like us liked it. It was a little too lowbrow, probably. I'm guessing Rotten Tomatoes yeah, comes from idea. Shirley, where you, uh, I mean, Fozzie the Bear, right? He They would throw tomatoes at him. Wasn't that like an old thing you did if something wasn't funny? Yeah. You throw tomatoes I mean, at back in, comedians. Oh, okay. Back in the, I guess you could say the medieval The times. olden days. Yeah, the olden whatever. days. Oh, no. If you performed in a theater or on a stage, if, you, if your performance oh. was bad, they would heckle you, boo you, but they would also throw rotten food they wouldn't throw you. their good tomatoes they uh, throw the rotten, rotten tomatoes, tomatoes. Oh. eric says no regret <laughs> no regards that was from where that uh yeah. that tattoo tattoo yeah that, yeah that i remember came yeah. from where the millers there you go <laughs> all right uh anything else going on in the sports world you got the live and pga tour coming together yes i saw that under one umbrella i don't see a lot of details on it yet yeah uh but they will all unify so uh that is very interesting. They're kind of sour about the the PGA yeah. guys, right? Because they found out through Twitter, and yeah, and because it's happening right? in general. Bryce said it's, or excuse me, Mully said it's kind of like where your buddy's got your back in a fight, and the fight starts, and your buddy just walks away. Like the PGA, they're like, well, all right, we're not gonna, we're not gonna leap for this money, this right. big windfall payday. We're gonna stay here. We're gonna stay strong, yeah. and then now they're saying eh, we're just gonna wow. all get together. So they are mm-hmm. unhappy about that. And apparently, Dang. this this uh, basically this merger is going to um, eradicate all the pending lawsuits right. that they've been kind of throwing at each other with Liv suing the PGA because they have you know their claims of you know violations of antitrust laws that kind of thing and so this merger kind of eradicates all of that um but it is my understanding that the live guys are coming out a little bit more on the sunny side of things in terms of the amount of money that they made because of leaving the pga they're getting paid and then the pga guys the ones that stayed Uh, and the one not getting are not going to get the Mm. the same amount of money i that's kind of how i was reading it this morning and i guess okay the reasons not to go to the live were moral reasons one where you're like i don't want to take this saudi money is that is that right so but like i don't know are you looking at all the products you buy and the things you do and how they're made but anyway so there that was one of the reasons why people wouldn't go the other was because the prestige of the the majors and and being on tv like just kind of being part of the old network so to speak yeah. but but being being able to compete in those majors i think was the main thing and the reason they wanted to stay in and now the live tour guys got the major payday yeah. and they get to compete in the majors, the majors they had yeah. the cake bryce and they get to eat it they got to eat the cake so <laughs> they're, they're coming I out guess, fun. well maybe not you know you start looking well live gets paid more does i mean does it mean well, people look at it as, all right, Live Golf has better golfers now, and the PGA will kind of look down upon as far as talent goes, or not? You don't think, will that happen? That's what I'm curious about. I'm not about. necessarily sure it's going to change from that standpoint, yeah. because now you're putting all of those players, instead of having two separate entities, they're all going to be on the same plane, mm-hmm. which is basically what it was before Live came along. It's just... 
I where what I would like to see and what I think the big question is is where the money goes and yeah. how the money's going to be divvied up. How mm-hmm. is that like are the tournaments that are that were traditionally the live tournaments how are those payouts compared to the traditional PGA tournaments is that going to stay the same mm-hmm. and they're just going to go as a a you know kind of like an umbrella company yeah. so to speak. So that's where I think is going to be where the interesting parts of this whole deal is going to come through is the money and how they're because from what i understand it's going to be under a different name it's not going to be pga and live like that that merger is actually going to create a a an entity that will have its own name so that's it's going to be interesting to see how they play all this out well no doubt uh we will certainly uh keep an eye on that um i had one more no I want to know. So, if they all, if they start combining events and everything, what do we do? Are we, are they going to wear capris because PGA Tour has to wear pants? Live where guys wear shorts. Do you just split the difference? And they go uh, by teams too. They have the team play, yeah. The, the, you know, because but Carol's it ends with an individual goats. winner. But True. but they do have the team format on the live. Wow. So still some things still to be a lot worked to out. Be ironed out. Yeah. yeah. Just saw a tweet uh, from an hour ago. It's official, Bryce. Uh, the military bowl tweeted uh, six new teams have entered the chat, and those teams are Charlotte, FAU. North Texas, Rice, UAB, and the Roadrunners of UTSA because they are all joining the American. So uh, it is uh, official. They are in and will be competing in the AAC. I don't know. What's your first thoughts when you see that? What, these teams coming into the AAC? Yeah. Um, Well, it just seems a little random. You know, obviously I've been – through the past shows, you know, I like conferences based on region, kind of that tradition part of it, and that's obviously out the window. Um, you know, obviously it's unfamiliar teams, you know, well, as far as sort of watching, you know, obviously I've always known, known them. Um, but I guess it is what it is, and as long as we come out on top, that'll be all right. Well, there's that part of it. From a perception standpoint, it's obviously not – as bright lights as Houston and right. Cincinnati. Yeah. yeah. Uh, from an actual team standpoint, yeah. like athletics, uh, these basketball teams are really good. Um, and you've got some good football. Yeah. UTSA was uh, in or around the top 25 pretty yeah. much all last year. So yeah. you've got some talent. UAB has seen their program have a resurgence. Yeah. So uh, you're going to have some some pretty good football. And like Bryce said, there's uh, hey, let's go win the damn time. Like, who cares right. who's in it? Let's win right. it. Right, yeah, they're they're putting our league. Well, okay, you know, let's go. So, prices twelve and zero. I mean, okay, I'll take that and pretty much any conference so there's something to be said about winning your conference bryce yeah. is still bummed out about that marshall game from years ago right <laughs> i mean I, i'm being serious i'm not like oh, joking no, with no, you for sure yeah. yeah that was uh we win that we have a i mean exactly i guess you know it's a dream you know all right go to ecu you know i remember watching the conference championships in 0708 yep uh you know at daddy fick oh eight oh nine and uh I just remember seeing the stadium on TV, and I mean, what awesome! And then we win. Um, so knowing that was uh, that didn't happen because of you know that game that day is a 
Real big bummer because I think we were going to play rice. Yeah, I remember saying, "Oh, but we play rice." Well, that was going to be a win at home. And right? at is that home, what you did? Championship at uh, goodness gracious! If that could change that, you know, I always think, "Well, what win would I take away to have a conference championship?" You know, to play a conference championship and Ooh, win. Great question. You know, I always think about that. But what I'm, year was that? Twenty twelve. Twenty. 2012, 2013. I think it's 2013. You were seven and one in conference that year. Was it 2012. Nah, because that was the year. So it would have so been 2013. Okay, let's go 2013. Pretty sure. This and was that was at Marshall, 59 to 28. All right, Bryce, you can trade. You can trade the win the week before against NC State. You want to trade that nah, one? Nah, nah. Okay, you don't uh, want to get rid of that one? I don't know which one it would be. Uh, let's see. You could trade the 55 at North Carolina. Nah. You want to trade that one? <laughs> yeah, that's what's tough, man. How about Old Dominion? You lose the season opener at home to Old Dominion. I don't know if you want to trade that one either. So, Yeah. It would have been... You only lost three games that season. Golly, Pete! One of those was at Tulane. How about yeah? That was the. How about just go win that freaking game, Bryce? Yeah. And now I'm mad at you. Yeah, three <laughs> overtimes. Yeah. God, and there was and that was in the Superdome. That it, man. That one sucked. And Dang. then a 15 to 10 loss to uh, Virginia Tech. That was my first touchdown. Man. Well, you did your part. We needed one more of them, uh, and they could have won them. Uh, but, man, looking back on that, that, that's one of the very few 10-win seasons in ECU football history. Dang. Man. 10 and 3. Good time. I can, I can pretty much, because I got my first catch here. Yeah. Good stuff. I was just... Great year. I mean, those state and Carolina wins were awesome, and it kind of good. We have this conversation a lot about... What matters, like the the conference or beating your in-state rivals that are in a bigger conference? And if you say beating those rivals, well, this is your year, you're missing out on a conference championship uh-huh. game. So it's tough. It, not that you can't do both, but if you had to pick your poison, you almost did this year, and you, you, pick, you pick one yeah. side. Golly. So there you go. That's the way the cookie crumbles. Yes, sir. Uh, Shirley, let's open up the boote bag here on a Tuesday. Booty, 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 booty everywhere. Booty, 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 booty everywhere. 317-1250 is the number. What are we giving away today? How about lunch for two at Tiebreakers? Oh, man, Tiebreakers. Take Brandon Manning. Uh, he would love some Tiebreakers. We didn't give him any. Uh, what color are we looking for? Superstitious beard. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot. I didn't realize he That stuttered. is never going to get old. <laughs> he was so flustered, man. Uh, what color are we looking for? I'm going to go with color number eight today. Color eight. 317-1250. More to go. Pirate Radio Outdoors. Back with you after this. You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Uh, Ease Plumbing, Viva Electric, and Roland Black Heating and Cooling have teamed up to form New Blue Service Group. 
offering Eastern North Carolina the best in plumbing, electrical, and HVAC services. Same great local team, same great local service, just a new name. For plumbing, electrical, and HVAC services, go to callnewblue.com. That's callnublue.com. New Blue Service Group, where we are redefining service excellence. Now let's head back in to PRL, Here's Clip. Back with you, Pirate Radio Live, talking about uh, crazy outdoor life. Todd, remember Todd from the other night? Todd, 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 Todd. Uh, he says the Big Rock Fishing Tournament is next week. Uh, we'll get a guest on from that, maybe. Bryce, uh, work through your Rolodex, get a contact for us. And um, you were showing me, as we go Pirate Radio Outdoors here, yeah. former pirate Jake Geary put up a post. What was that, on the Gram? On the yeah, that's Insta? On, his, uh, on his Instagram. Put yeah. a put a camera. Oh, you described yeah, what yeah. I just he watched. Yeah, had like an underwater camera that kind of looked like a little torpedo um, and hooked it to his leader and then, I guess, hooked it to his main line and the leader and then had a Clark spoon. Uh, at the end of it and you see it fluttering around and sure enough he slow mows it and gets several clips of us uh spanish mackerel hooking the thing you know i think that's really that's not much you know something everybody gets to see yeah um every day so him posting that i shared to my story if anybody wants to see it but uh well how many times bryce have you been uh, where where you thought you had something or some uh, official get it like and you wonder what just happened down there oh yeah oh my gosh now you can't i wish i would have had that uh that would actually be fun to do all the time yeah just have a camera on there like we you know when we went fishing last week whatever memorial and you know jake hooked up on something we were fishing for kobe so it may have been that but you never know and uh could have at least found out what what uh what pulled the hook yeah and hell go and zoom that baby out i don't see everything going on down there oh my gosh (laughs) who knows what's going on down there the Loch Ness is probably swimming around. Exactly. Bryce, uh, we were able to hang out with you Friday night. So, uh, yeah. what, you done anything since then outdoors? Um, Well, the weather has not been, uh, wasn't friendly for fishing. Um, for Why us, is that? The wind, well, the oil's blowing. Well, Saturday, wind. we uh, took the big pontoon boat out again. Beautiful day. Um, so, it was a boating, boating weekend. And, uh, I mean, absolutely beautiful. We've added the third pontoon to the pontoon boat. It's 30-foot house pontoon boat. Put twin 115s on it and, um, you know, added the third center tune for stability, kind of get it up off the water a little bit better. And everything was performing great. Well, we go to uh, leave for the day, and batteries are dead. Somehow mm. the battery's just dead as a doornail. And... Um, we finally found a good Samaritan who hauled us, you know, and he only had like a, I think it was like a 17 or 18 foot privateer with a 115 on it, hauling this 30 foot pond tritune with twin motors, house pontoon hauling us back. So he hooked, took us to the ramp. So that was good. How do you so, flag uh, a guy down in the middle of the water? Do you? Well, thankfully it was kind of like a, uh, I guess a sandbar situation. Oh, like everybody okay. was kind of hanging out in the same area. So he actually just came by to, um, compliment the boat and talk about the boat and then we said well but we're stuck and he was a fellow former pirate so he saw our pirate flag up in the wind so he said well I mean can't strand a pirate so there you go he hauled us out so we did that Saturday and then um, just cleaned up my boat and everything um, more of a deep clean and uh, fixed some plumbing issues on the boat and stuff so um, a boating weekend 
All right, it's good. It's awesome. good to be out there. Good stuff. Uh, we got to take our final break. Anything planned for the upcoming weekend? I'm hoping it may, if it's not the beach or is the beach, fishing. Fishing is what's on the mind. So it'll hopefully either be on my boat or somewhere else. All right. Sounds good. Bryce Williams, Pirate Radio Outdoors. We'll be back to wrap it up and get you ready for a big Wednesday edition of Pirate Radio Live. Bryce, you got a question for Mike Houston? Let me know and I'll ask him on Wednesday. Mm. Think about that during the break. Uh And uh, we'll be back to wrap it up after this. Just how you used to be. How can I forget you, girl? When that You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Do you want to get rid of wrinkles, tighten and lift your skin, smooth your skin texture, erase veins and brown spots, and get rid of unwanted hair? Are you interested in Botox or filler? Or contact the licensed professionals at Beauty Bar Medi Spa on Red Banks Road in Greenville. Free consultations are available by calling 752-1406 or visiting beautybarmedispa.com. Enjoy your visit. Love your transformation. And it was a good day for the stock market. The Dow was up 10 points at 33,573. The NASDAQ was up 48, uh, 46 points rather, at 13,276. And the S&P was up 10 points at 4,283. Now let's head back. All right, that is your... Uh, Wells Fargo Advisors financial report for a personal look into investing. Call Wells Fargo Advisors today at 756-6900 in Greenville. Wells Fargo Advisors, LLC, member SIPC. Now let's head back into the show. Here's Cliff. All right, fun show today. Thanks to Marcus Crandall, Jeff Connors, Mike Mullis, Matt Hamlet, and Bryce Williams for joining us on the program. we got a big Wednesday show coming up, including ECU head football coach Mike Houston. He'll join us coming up at 5 o'clock on Wednesday's show. Bryce, anything you want to know about the Pirates that I can ask him? I want to know? Oh, gosh. Well, I, I kind of got distracted. <laughs> <Dude>. <laughs> we were talking, so you forgot. i tell you what. Text me uh, tonight if you think okay, of a question. If I think of something, I'll think. This right. is to coach you. So. Yep. yep. Uh, we'll talk some pirate football coming up on Wednesday. Thanks for hanging out, Bryce. Charlie Rhodes, Chan Man. We'll see you all Wednesday, 3 o'clock, for an all-new edition of Pirate Radio Live. Jeff Charles, take us home. Have a great night, Eastern Carolina. Thanks for listening to Pirate Radio Live, an exclusive presentation of the voice of the Pirate Nation.